There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Fucking Listen, no. we brought you all here because we really love you. We really <laughs> want to see you better. Nah. And here's all the reasons why you're wrong. Well, here's the thing. Well, that's the thing is I want tears because we're not going to roast each other. But, I mean, this is kind of about really shitty musical opinions. Like, really. And I say all credit to this episode. Um, and thank you, everyone listening. Real quick, we'll uh, go through the room. Obviously, me, your boy, Anthony Merchant, as always. And... Uh, Someone who was just on, I think, fuck, dude, this is like your fifth appearance. You're like a, re- a reoccurring guest, is, I think is what they call it, in the biz. So uh, that's what us oh, in the boy. industry call a reoccurring guest. And uh, this is like his fifth fucking time on here. And uh, just like a few weeks ago, he was on here talking boxcar racer. Uh, Kyle Steven, dude, how are you tonight? I am good. My it, belly's full and I'm ready to upset some people. Yeah, that's see, that's the thing here. Um, me and me and uh, Kyle were talking, and he had pizza before this, and I have pizza waiting for me. So he's going in this fucking belly full. I got hunger, and that means rage. So he might be fucking soft. I'm thinking you might be soft in this, dude. That pizza, oh that pizza's gonna be sitting there, dude. Don't be soft, because I'm hungry, dude, and I got pizza waiting for me. So you know. And uh, also, fucking, we've not had him on in a while, but he is a reoccurring guest, I would also say. I mean, it's still, like, his third or fourth fucking time on here. Actually, I feel bad. He was supposed to be on the Boxcar Racer episode, and here's the thing. And I don't, and actually, even worse, I feel bad, because I don't even think, I think I forgot to even tell you that, Zach. But we, the original intention was the three of us to do that. But here's the thing. Me and Kyle have now done that twice, and two people doing an album takes four hours. So if three of us did that, it would be a six-hour episode. And I don't think that anyone would listen to a six-hour episode about... Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, yeah, you get where I'm coming get, from? Like, you get where, like, yeah, three people might be excessive? Like a, I can barely sit through a 20-minute YouTube video about something I like. Yeah, see, so like, <laughs> yeah, like that that was my train of thought, like, because really it was like my original intention was like, all right, the three of us are going to do it again. You know, we did that Blink episode. People seem to like it and fucking we'll do a boxcar racer one. And uh, yeah, then then I then I started thinking about it kind of last minute. And I'm like, you know, really three people. This is going to be a fucking mini series. It's going to be a mini series on a record like a 40 minute record is just going to be just another another one. And actually, uh, real quick, Kyle. I don't know about you, and I did this. I, I told you this. I've, I've listened to Insomniac a shit ton after we did that episode, but I've been listening to Boxcar Racer a bunch now since we did that episode. Have you been? Li- do you feel like you've been listening to that more, or, or have you have you uh, forgotten that? Have you just fucking wiped that from your memory? <laughs> no, I probably listened to it uh, maybe like twice since the the, the show. But oh no, that, that's some low ass in numbers. In my regular rotation. Oh okay. It's still in my like regular rotation <laughs> though on like a like a music basis. Like I listen to the album multiple times a year. Oh, I I do have to say I was just thinking about this as you were saying uh, as I was attacking you for only <laughs> listening to uh, <laughs> Boxcar Racer twice uh, since we did that. 
I think Jozer's going to get thrown around a lot in this episode, honestly. I really <laughs> I and and Zach, please get in on it cuz I don't know if you've been on since we've really introduced Jozer, but if something's really just if you don't know, Jozer is when something's so poser that it's poser and jabroni shit. It's that bad. It's jabroni shit and poser shit and it's just fucking Jozer and uh Tonight's episode, and I keep saying tonight, it, this is a fucking podcast. You might be listening to this at uh, fucking one in the afternoon. But whenever you're listening to this, this podcast is about basically our unpopular musical opinions. And uh, as I was saying earlier, and I don't think I ever got to it because I get sidetracked very easily, um, Kyle had this good idea we were talking about after the Boxcar Racer episode uh what a new, what a fun topic would be because those are the other things I want to do another episode with the three of us here, the uh, Illinois bad boys, the bad boys of Illinois, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the fucking boys are back in town. And, uh, you know, I want to do an episode with the three of us and we were talking about like different ideas of shit that wouldn't it be like a six hour episode. And Kyle, originally you said like unpopular punk opinions. And I liked that, but I think what we're, we'll even broaden it, even though it's still probably within that realm, but this is just kind of shitty musical opinions in general. And like, really, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, like to be honest, like you, ha- when you do something like this, you have to accept that you have bad opinions sometimes. Like, like, was it an issue for either of you to come up with things? Because like, I feel like I, I accepted it pretty fast. Like, I, I feel like, like I wrote like 11 different ideas down, like that I think are unpopular opinions that I have. But I did it within like five minutes, like within five minutes, I accepted it. And all these fucking truths just started coming out. Like, was it was it hard for either of you to come up with shit or was it pretty fast to be like, oh, I got some shitty fucking opinions? I mean, Uh, I you can go first. I mean, it's all just like different kinds of things. Like, I just have some more general kinds of ones. And then I have some like music. uh, I like some music that you guys probably wouldn't and stuff like that. And then I just have like more just saying that more unpopular albums from a group is better than like their more critically acclaimed work, you know, I like that. that. I I like that. I, I have a, I have a good amount of like, uh, shit like that. Kyle, like, how about you? Was this hard at all? Or were you like, Nah, I got some shit fucking opinions, dude. Uh, like four to six of them came pretty quickly, and some of the others were like things I really had to think about, just because they're things that I don't think about on a daily basis, whether it's certain things in music in general or certain bands, yeah, like and what their whole thing is. So some of them came super quickly, but I'd say maybe three, maybe four of them were kind of more thinkers just because it's things I don't think about all the time. I think that's fair, though, because I even though like mine came to me pretty fast, you are right. They're not things that I feel like you think about daily. You know what I mean? Like, like even like Zach, you were saying like you have on your list like shit that where like you have albums that you think are better than like, you know, you like albums that maybe aren't the popular album. But it's like that's something even that really on a day to day basis, 
you don't think about. You don't actually realize that until you talk to other people who listen to that album and go, oh, that album fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Like, there's albums, if I think about it, there's albums that I love from bands that I for years didn't realize were fucking hated until I talked to other people who listen to that album. Because how would you know? You know what I mean? Like, if you love an album, you, there's a lot of times you're going to go, oh, I didn't, I didn't fucking know, like, other people hated this. You know, that's not something you really realize on your own. But. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, fucking segue. Sorry, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Uh, segue. That's just. This is a raw podcast, you guys. This is a raw fucking podcast. And I'm about it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are all about it. And uh, I did want to, like. I'm not going to dedicate. Obviously, we're going to get into our shitty musical opinions. But uh, since we're not going to do like a full fucking episode on it, what about, you know, we're not doing top 10 or anything like that, but like a couple albums that now we're at the end of the year, fucking, what are a couple albums you think were your favorites of fucking 2020? Again, you know, don't, don't fucking give us 10, but like, what are maybe like three albums that you were fucking blown away by this year? Uh, fucking, and we, we can start Zach. You can, uh, you can start this bad boy. Okay, well, I just got to say probably the obvious one uh, for me is probably Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. Uh, I hadn't really heard much of Phoebe Bridger's. I knew people were kind of like really into that album of her that's like a ghost on the front cover. Um, And then I just picked up Punisher, and it was honestly like taking away like all genres. Like I try to listen to music without like – like uh, assuming a genre, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, it was just, it was an, um, it's a great album. And I think the world like acknowledged that. Cause like, she just got nominated for like four Grammys. Yeah. She seems to get for this acclaim. album. Yeah. Like she's getting the acclaim for it. I honestly think like it's a really short album in my opinion. And like, she released like some of the best songs, like, like as singles as you do, you know, but it, when she released a full album, it was only like five more songs or something. And it just seems like really, uh, really small, but it's getting a lot of acclaim. Um, another one, I guess I'm trying to think. Um, I know I'm going down like a weird path. Um, but at the beginning of the year, I actually really liked, uh, Halsey's new album, Manic. It was actually kind of good for a pop album. It was kind of, it was just, uh, it, it was just a really catchy album. And then, actually, my third one is also weird. Uh, I liked Big Sean's Detroit, too. I thought it was, like, it sounded really good, and it's, like, just bass-heavy and has, like, pretty insane beats. And, uh, yeah, I just like those albums. I believe you like that Big Sean, too, because I remember asking you that, like, fucking... I think like maybe even the summertime. Like I feel like it was months ago, and you you mentioned even back then that uh, that was like your favorite around that time. Whenever I think that, I think that was a few months ago at least. So yeah, that's yeah. Seems... I'm I'm trying to figure out the kind of rap I like because I feel like I've been exposed to some like really shitty rap, and now I'm trying to find the good <laughs> shit. Like Childish Gambino, dude, is like probably my favorite rapper right now, and like his albums are like insane. He also released a new one this year, but I, I can't quite wrap my head around it yet so like i just got to keep listening to that one you know what i mean i've never i've never well i can't say that i i've played 
back when I worked at a top 40 radio station, like when Redbone was really big and shit, like we did play some Childish Gambino. So I can't say I've never listened to him, but like I really don't know more than maybe that song Redbone. But like all I can say about him is the greatest thing he's ever done is the Derek uh, fucking comedy group uh, mystery team movie. If you if you've never seen that, it's like the greatest fucking movie of all time. And I feel like no one knows what it seems. I, anyone I talk to doesn't seem to know what it is. But it's like the greatest comedy of all time. It's the funniest goddamn thing. And he is hilarious in it. So go watch that. That, oh, has, that, has, okay, that cool. has nothing to do with music. But it's fucking hilarious. It's legit one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. He's, he's so fucking funny in it. But any, anyway, I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with it. Um Kyle, how about you? And actually, if I remember, dude, I'm sorry for kind of putting you on the spot here because if I'm remembering now, I think I asked you about this earlier in the year, and you said you weren't listening to that much new music. Maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah, you're exactly right. I don't Fuck. I'm sorry. I, like, you know, I, no, I have two albums, and they're probably the only two albums from this year that I've actually listened to in full. The Yellow Wolf album? Um, <laughs> no, no, damn it, no! Oh no, I'm sorry, no, no, no! And I actually didn't mean that. I meant Machine that's Gun the Kelly. Rap I was talking about, dude. Okay, okay no, I meant bro. Machine Gun Kelly. I actually, that, okay. I didn't mean, oh, and I didn't even mean to you do Yellow Wolf. But there, the Yellow Wolf reference is in. We don't have to do another one. We're keeping it going. But I legit, I legit didn't mean to. I swear to God, I did not mean to say that. I meant to say Machine Gun Kelly. I meant to say the one okay, that did the, gotcha. the stupid pop punk album this year. Yeah, geez. Um, the only two albums that like I've actually listened to in full that like I like, um, and it sounds kind of lame just because they're so like I don't I don't want to say big in the genre, but they're super well known. So it's not like anyone off the beaten path. But uh, nothing wrong. With Four that. Years Strong came out with Four Years Strong came out with Brain Pain at the beginning oh, of the year. Oh yeah, I, can, I think I I think I heard that one. Wait, was that a I, full I length? Yeah, it's a full length. I didn't know. I you know I think that that title sounds like I swear I've heard that title, but I totally forgot they even released a new album. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I yeah. love Four Years Strong is great. Yeah, yeah they've cool. been doing. My bad. Oh. Oh, they've been no, doing a lot oh, of playthroughs uh, for guitar. Four Years Strong has, and I just wanted to weigh mm-hmm. in on that. Like that, that's super cool. They're uh, good guitar players. Definitely. Oh. As far as like singers and guitarists, like that do both in a band, I think they're top notch. Like there, there's not many people that can do it like they do and do it as well on both fronts. Um, but yeah, it was like they they had like still like they kind of brought back more of their heavier elements, but added more like experimental style to it, yeah. which they kind of were doing on like a previous record, which was kind of hit or miss depending on who you ask. Um, but it sounded really cool together the way they worked on it. And then, um, uh, I think we kind of discussed this at one point, I think on one of the podcasts, maybe during blink at some point, but I think newfound glory, uh, we, we brought up newfound glory's new album. And I think you, both of you guys didn't like it very much, but I no, really actually, I really, me. it's in my top 10 favorite of the year. Okay. Okay, because I thought someone said, like, ah, the lyrics are kind of corny, like, the music You know what? Good, Can I be honest? Like, they're old guys in pop punk, and I really resonated with that. 
you know what? <clears throat> I will say this, and I would have to go and listen. Maybe it was me because when I only heard the first, like the greatest of all time or whatever, when the, like that song was out and there was like one other song, I really didn't care for it. So I will say the first couple times I listened to it, I wasn't into it. And I did think the lyrics were cheesy, but honestly, after after on maybe like five or six really good listens, I didn't think about that anymore. And it was actually a really fun album. It was a great summertime record. Like it was really mm-hmm. like, and that's what Newfound Glory is known for. Like I was happy, and once again, they they had a second fucking guitar in there. Like thank God, like there's actually rhythm guitar mm-hmm. on it. Like it was well produced. It sound good. Like. I thought all the like all the singles and shit were really good. Like so, no, I actually really liked it. But it was a grower, so I will say this: we did that Blink episode, and I think like March. So at that point, I may have only heard like two songs. And yes, when I only heard like those two songs, maybe the first couple times listening to the record, I wasn't really a fan of it. But no, now it's like in my top ten of the year. Gotcha, right on. But fuck you. So I wanted I wanted to say like. I do think that their lyrics are changing and but on the reason that I think they're trying to like adopt a new demographic, they're like a TikTok band now. I I just really? recently discovered this. Yeah, dude. Newfound Glory mean? is a TikTok dude, it means that kids like dance to Newfound Glory music and make TikToks out of their music. That's depressing. I mean, it's just like <laughs> they're trying to like dude. If they're trying to like no and chad's like chad and his like wife or whatever are like fully on embracing it and they like make tiktoks for the kids and uh yeah and uh i mean it's a it's cool if they wanted to do that i just like i love newfound glory they're still one of my favorite bands of all time um but i just think that they're adopting like a new demographic um and it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, they've done all the like the the music videos where they dress up and do the silly uh, costumes, wear Jordans and princess outfits and stuff. Like they've always been goofy, but I feel like now it's almost to like a children's level. Well, do you almost feel like like because you're right? Because there's been a, like they've always had for one. They've always had some of the best music videos, and there's even actually, I think, they did a few. Edgy. They used to be edgy, though. Yeah, I guess they were a little edgy, but, like, I will Uh, say they had. I mean, I'm I'm on the fence on it. I I guess I wouldn't disagree with you 100%, but, I mean, I I don't know if they were super edgy. But, like, what I I was going to say, though, with, like, I think they did maybe. They did a lot of music videos for this one. And I think most of them were cheesy, but there was one, and I can't remember which one it was, where it actually wasn't bad. It was kind of a throwback, in a way, to their good music videos. Because they used to have, really, like, for most of their records, they had really good videos. Like, I'm trying to think of when they stopped. Like, there was a point where, and I don't think they ever got really terrible, but there was a point where I don't think they had the same kind of, like, one you know like like for a while all of them were fucking good you know oh yeah like some of my favorites man then they just like they just have like really good videos yeah i guess the only one yeah, but like i would say not not where they stopped because they had good ones after but like 
there was a minute, like I would say the ones for coming home and like, I don't want to know yeah. were kind of, they're not bad videos, but they're not the crazy newfound glory videos. They're just kind of like, they're basically just straight up music videos. You know what I mean? Like they're not the same kind of, you don't laugh. You know what I mean? There's actually kind of a storyline. Like, like actually I don't want to say the dumber, the better, but it's like the less storyline to a newfound glory video, the better, like all downhill from here. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it's a great music video. Yeah. Or my friends over you. There's nothing to my friends over you except for it's a newfound glory concert and weird shit's happening. That's it. That's (laughs) the whole, that's the whole fucking video right there. That one's like my favorite. I don't know. That one's such a classic. It is. It's dress to kill too. Dress to kill might be my favorite just because like of all like the early 2000s elements about it. You know what I like about that one is it's always, I don't want to say pure because it sounds so fucking weird, but I always forget about that video. So I don't, I don't think about it much, Whoa. but when I watch it, I really like, no, not in a bad way. I just Kyle, forget about Kyle's it. Freaking He's out. fucking pissed. I'm freaking out right now. Dude, dude, this <laughs> is how the episode starts. We're getting into unpopular opinions, but I'm not saying it's know, a bad, it's not a bad music video. <laughs> I just forget that it, they have so music, they have so many music videos that the other thing is I love Dress to Kill, but I never think of it as a single because half the time they don't play it live. I've heard it live, but it's not like one that they play every time. Like there's certain songs that like my friends over you, they got to play every time all downhill from here, like shit like that. I never think of Dress to Kill in that way. So I think Dress I Dress to Kill is forget. better than both yeah. of those songs. It, it is. I'm not yeah, saying but, it's not, but I don't think of it as a single. So I always forget that there's a video for it, but it is a great video. Yeah. Until you forget somehow that like Rachel Lee Cook is in that music video and she's like the most beautiful woman in the damn world. She's cute, but I don't. I know that name, but I don't know what she's famous from. I know it's like a show. Was it like Dawson's she's Creek? She's all that. I never saw that. I was oh, too. You know what man. though, dude? What what year was that? You're a kid. You're you're a young guy. You're a young guy. Yeah, because I think I would have been like eight or nine when that shit was big. When that shit was popping, I was like eight or nine. Oh man, it's from '99. Yeah, I was like eleven. Oh yeah, dude. No, I was I was like six. I think I was maybe six. Zach, were you born? Yeah, I was. Three. What were, dude, what were you popping in '99, Zach? What were you popping uh, in '99, bro? Definitely some like blues clues and probably some Elmo. Uh, what the fuck does that no. mean? Those aren't bands, dude. Dude, uh, well, I didn't. I got Jimmy Eat World's Bleed American when I was five, so two more years. But I probably that's pretty I think fucking I, like, punk. Had, I had uh, the Backstreet Boys CD before that. I don't know when they gave yeah. it. Like, That's I fucking like, thought shitty. that was cool. I hope you nah, don't dude. still. Dude, I mean. I'm going to slap I, you. I mean, I don't listen to them anymore. Disown it. Like, no, disown it right probably, now. I'm probably living in my garage. Disown the Backstreet Boys, dude. I mean, I definitely don't. I still jam them You're once a in a while. Fuck. What up? You're both motherfuckers. Cause here's the thing, I did own I did own No Strings Attached on fucking cassette, but I knew that was in sync. Yeah, in sync. <laughs> but I only no, I'm Millennium, dude. No, fuck all that. Millennium, Millennium was the album I had. All I wanted was Bye Bye Bye. I told my mom all I wanted was the single. Just give me the single. I just wanted Bye Bye Bye. I didn't want anything else. She couldn't find it, so she just got me fucking No Strings Attached, and. uh 
So I own that album, but all I wanted was the one song. But I did hear the rest of the album, and the whole fucking thing sucked. And then, like a year after owning it, I realized no. how fucking bad. You it realize was. you want. You realize you wanted to be a space a space cowboy after that. Wait, is that on that album? Wait, is that a Kid Rock song? <laughs> no, that's just cowboy. Oh, that's cowboy Instinct baby. Stepped it up a level. They stepped it up a level and talked about space cowboys. Oh, I think I do remember that. The music video is really oh, shiny. Man, I, There's a lot of like shiny things in it, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> man, <laughs> That's we're a good already, description. We're, get, we're getting into this, and we haven't even started the list yet. Well, actually, so actually, this kind of, as Zach was saying, um, he was trying to get dig his way out of being a Joser with the Backstreet Boys by saying he listened, was listening yeah. to Jimmy Eat World at five years old. Um, we can start going down our list, and the first one I have I don't know where this sits, but you're both. I mean, Zach, I know you're a big Jimmy World fan. Kyle, are you? I like him. You li- okay? You like him enough? Yeah, okay. So I yeah. don't. I don't know if you have a strong opinion, but they are a band. As Zach, you were saying, you were talking about you were going to talk about albums that you thought that you loved that other people don't like. I'm kind of going the other way now. Don't get me wrong. I do not hate this record, but I do not think futures is half as good as people say it is. I don't even think it's like their third best record. I even, you know what? I would even go as far as saying I liked uh, last year's Surviving more. I would put Surviving yes. as their third best record, and I would probably Ooh. throw Futures as the as like fourth. And again, I don't hate Futures, but this is this is the way I put it. Like Futures to me just sounds like a good pop rock record, but there's nothing special about it. If that makes sense. It's just so dark and sad, dude. There's no like But it's la- yeah, dude, no- I don't mind that because Clarity is my favorite record. That's very melancholy. Like those songs are very like I don't mind it being sad. Clarity's beautiful though. Clarity has there is a be- like yeah, uh, you are diverse right. elements. Uh like Futures is just full on like dark as fuck and like talking about like dark things. And Clarity's is like way more of a diverse album than Futures. You know, I, like I, I to be honest too, yeah. if you think about it lyrically, Clarity is more metaphorical. Futures is more pretty straight ahead. You know what I mean? Like you, if you think about songs like like, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Some songs aren't, but like Twenty Three, I feels like pretty self-explanatory. Work is pretty self-explanatory. Like pain. Most, yeah, most of those songs I feel like are pretty straightforward. Where like. Lucky Denver and Mint and fucking Table for Glasses and shit like Goodbye, that. Goodbye, Sky Harbor. Yeah, like shit like that's so much more cryptic and metaphorical that it's like, you know what I mean? So there is kind of that too. But you are right. There is there is more of a beauty. But I think even musically, it's just more straight up a pop rock record. Like even the first song on it, uh, Futures, right? Yeah, the first song on Futures is Futures, um, if I'm thinking about it right. But like, like that's a good song. But it's just like a good pop rock song. Like I just, I don't, once again, I do not hate this record, but I don't even remember the last time I put it on to listen to front to back. My favorites, I go Clarity, Bleed American, Surviving, and then Futures. And I would probably put like Chase This Light. But like, like I don't know. Chase This Light's good. You know what? It really is, and you always forget. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I always forget that because it's a later era Jimmy World record. And you forget, like, which even actually, I don't even know that it is. It's just the it's just the next record after fucking Clarity. But like, 
You know what though? Even that, I honestly, to be honest, I listen to Chase's no, uh, light more. Bleed American. Uh, you're talking about uh, Chase's lights after futures. Oh yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, it came after yeah. Uh, futures. But yeah, so I mean, it, it kind of feels like older era Jimmy World, though. I guess I don't know that it really. It's kind of in the middle there. I don't know. I guess it depends what you would consider. But like, I think of later era Jimmy World. It's one of the best ones. Though I also think the last two records are some of their best. Like really surviving, like I said, is like my third favorite. And uh, whatever the last one was, was that Invented? I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been Invented. Uh, Integrity Blues. Yes, Integ- yeah, Integrity Blues. That one was really fucking good too. Here's the thing Definitely. actually. Can I say this? And I, and I didn't think about this until now. But that album got a lot of uh, comparisons to Futures. I actually think they did a better job on that one with the concept they were. I think they were going for. Like you were talking about how it's like a sad kind of record. It's kind of melancholic. I think on there there's more of an ambiance. Like there, you know what I mean. Like there's more of a, like even production wise, there's more shit going on. Like there was on Clarity, and I think it was almost a more focused idea of futures because I know it gets that comparison, and I think there's there's shit where it's like sure and certain's a good. Uh, I think example of that where it's like, I don't think it's totally off where it's something that kind of sounds like something you would hear on futures, but I think it's almost a better focused idea of futures. Like, I think it's a better continuation of it, you know? So like, and it's, and I'm not saying that it's a better album. I would probably still put futures over that, but I think in the terms of if you're, if you're thinking about what they were going for, I would think they were more, I would say they were more successful um, on integrity blues. But I mean, I don't know. Like, where do you guys where do you guys sit on futures? I mean, like, Kyle, you sound like you're more of a casual fan. I mean, are you do, do you give a shit at all about that? Because like, if you're a fan, like, so many fucking people, it's normally either futures or clarity. And I know Zach, you're actually you're actually you have a different one, and I actually respect your opinion. Yeah, this is this is going to be one of my points. So my point, this is going to be my first point. Okay, get in it, bro. Uh, but actually, first think- talk about futures and then get in it, dude. Okay, I was dri- I remember once just driving to uh, driving my car at night, and I was I put on the Futures album because that's how I listen to music. I just listen to full albums, um, but it was just like sad as fuck. And like honestly, it's a record I skip over very often. And I just remember it just being like, it's like choose me or choose the drugs, like just very dark stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, yeah, it needs to be talked about, but like, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not the kind of music I go looking for. Uh, so I don't know. I just think it was, it's definitely a good album. Uh, I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's just kind of one I skip over. It's just not. It sounds like you're almost like me. I mean, it almost sounds like you have almost the same opinion as i do it's not a bad record but it's not their best like i love jimmy world but i don't i don't think it's it's so coveted by so many people and i'm like it's a good record but i don't think it's like one of their best at all no dude um i i just think yeah futures is just it's just really dark and i i don't want to say like just whiny because obviously like Jimmy World's an emo album and like all emo is relatively whiny. Now when you say um, Jimmy World, are you talking about Bleed American? Uh 
I'm talking about Jimmy World. Uh, oh, sorry, I got, I got confused. Sorry, I thought you meant an album, and I thought you were being all fucking Joser like and talking pre or I mean post nine eleven and calling it fucking Jimmy Eat World instead <laughs> oh, of Bleed no, American. Dude, I, I had the Bleed American copy. I still have my uh, the original one. My dad got me uh, when I was yeah. in the middle on the radio, and it still says Bleed American. It's not the uh, reproduction where they took it off the case. So I, I Zach's not Zach's, Zach's not sympathetic to nine eleven. Is the fucking is the bleed the bleed They're gonna be on the internet. Like, Zach, All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was a cheap joke. <laughs> Like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I take the blame. No, but oh boy, <laughs> Bleed American by Jimmy World is my favorite Jimmy World album. That was the greatest segue, I would say. Can I, um, well, can I say something too, real quick? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you again. And this has nothing to do You're with good. nine. This has nothing to do with nine eleven. Um. And we talk a lot about that actually, because me and Kyle, me and Kyle were talking about it last time. We were talking about Elevator. We talking about nine eleven a oh, lot yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, this is becoming a nine eleven podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, but but this is what I was going to get to because Zach, I knew that your favorite album is Bleed American, and that's why it makes sense why you why you said you're not as into futures because you're like it's kind of dark and sad because Bleed American. Um, is really it? It's honestly like to me like that. That's this like really good measure where it's not too pop rock. Like some like and actually like I really like Chase This Light, but that's a really really pop rock record. And I feel like like Bleed Americans is really in the middle where it's pop punk and it's pop rock and it's emo and it's alternative and it's kind of indie. Rock. It's like it's all these influences really honed in really well. You know what I mean? It's like. It is kind of that meeting in the middle. It is the connection between uh, clarity and futures, you know, and it, and it is kind of it's a more there's there's emo songs, but it's not a dark album. You know what I mean? Like there's songs like Your House yeah. where it's like, OK, that's a pretty emo song. But I don't know that it's like a sad, sad song. You know what I mean? No, like, dude, it's not sad in the same even, way. Oh, definitely not. Because there's a beauty. Actually, like you were talking about clarity. Like there's kind yeah. of a beauty to that song, you know, and I fucking. Agree. Angel, what the whatever, or hear you me? I've you fucking, I've God damn, that song make you cry, dude. That is oh, a dude, sad song. That song will make you fucking cry. God damn it. So, uh, I know you probably know this, Anthony Kyle. Have you ever heard of the Authority song? Uh, maybe. Like my Jimmy Eat World like experience is like I've heard all the hits and I've heard shit tons of their songs and like their albums. But it's never been a thing for me to, like, listen to their albums. Like, I need to listen to Bleed American. I need to listen to Clarity or whatever. It's just kind of like, yeah, I think they're they're a good band. In that order. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I I think they're a good band, but I've never, like, gone out of my way to, like, really invest time into listening to them. But I've heard a shit ton of their songs, and I like them. Just not enough for me to be like, I need to get this album or this discography. But, oh, okay. So you don't so have a huge opinion songs, on any of their this. Their songs is just a yeah. Their their songs and their albums to me, like because I was mainly like a two thousands era kid when it came to like that kind of music. 
that all the songs I've heard, I don't know what albums they're on. I just heard a lot of their songs. God damn, he's exposing himself as a Joser. God damn. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is going to be a pretty uh, <laughs> no, I'm fucking ex- with you, dude. exposure Joser uh, episode. Joser Eat World, dude. Joser Eat World. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That wasn't actually funny. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of. I don't know. <laughs> you ever just say this something is, that you this, think's funny, and then you go, "Oh, that really actually wasn't funny." No, no. This is an episode exclusively for almost admitting to ourselves in some way, shape, or form <laughs> that maybe we are a bit. They of were a fucking person. shitheads. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know what I was just thinking of though? What's funny? Well, I don't know if it's really funny, but uh, I swear this is the last time I'm going to bring up nine eleven. But like, like, <laughs> no, I swear, I swear I, you can quote. That's the quote of the podcast. Uh, this is the last time I'm going to bring up nine 11. But anyway, like say, you know, what's funny. Like, like we call it bleed American now, but there's a time where calling it Jimmy world was like calling French fries, freedom fries. It's like oh, that. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing. Like Eighth we grade, don't, man. we don't call it bleed American in this house. We call it Jimmy eat world. <laughs> Did you actually have friends that were like, don't call bleed American? Uh, no, because I had no friend. My friends had the shittiest taste. I don't think I've ever, I can't say that now. In my 20s, I, I have a lot of friends who have really good taste in music. But in like my teen years, my friends had bullshit taste in music. Like maybe oh, same, maybe yeah. at most we had like the common commonality Soldier of like Boy. Link 182 and like Green Day. Like, like really yeah. surface like pop punk. But, like, none of my friends had, like, good tastes or, like, you know, were people who would, like, turn me on to a band. Like, they were all fucking Josers. Bro, you know you love Soldier Boy and the Dixie Chicks. I I don't know if I've, like, told – I must have told you that before because you just named, like, two of, like – well, my number – okay, like, this is this is, like – I can't say that, and it's not – it's another plane. I'm not going to keep referencing plane crashes, so I'm not going to say that. But the two, the two uh, artists that I hate the most in this world, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. Actually, Zach, I think it kind of is with you. I think this is kind of a soft spot, and I'm not, I'm not entirely wait, sure. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't given Kyle one, and I know where you're going with this. We have to get Oh, Kyle okay. One. You know what? Let me hold. And you then know we'll what? circle back. This is good. Yeah. This is good, Brad. That actually is. Uh, Zach, that's really good broadcasting because that lets me build up, pen up my anger and be ready for it. So, yes, you are right, Kyle. I know I'm sorry. exactly who you're going to talk about. I know. So, let, let, I let's have a point for that. Let's too, so let, let's back. let him do this. Cool. Cool. And, uh, yeah. and I will say, all I'm going to say is I'm going to expose this man for writing some really fucked up songs about his father. But anyway, go ahead. What the hell? <laughs> Hey, also, oh Anthony, Anthony thinks 9-11 was a conspiracy. No, motherfucker. No, dude, that was you. No, that was totally you, Zach. I had to get back at you. I had to get back at you. No, nah, Zach, you're the one who was telling me before the podcast started. You're you're like, oh, unpopular opinions. Uh, no, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what you're doing on like whatever it is if you have to think about something for more than like five seconds it's gonna be super fucking terrible so i don't want to hear what it is i have an unpopular opinion fucking 
beams don't fucking melt at those fucking temperatures. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. All right, it's Kyle's turn. <laughs> I have like I have two different routes I can go because I kind of brought it up. Just do don't the, bring the up 9-11, whatever you do. I don't no, care no, what no, route no, you go. No, just no. don't go the 9-11 route. No, I, I promise you I have nothing like that. But I have, like, the general music section. Uh-huh. And then I have, like, the band section. Ooh, hit and us I'm with a general. Deciphering... Okay, yeah, I'll go with general then first. Um, my number one, because I'll probably go with my most... Uh, this is probably my most controversial, but it's like a one A one B, depending on who you ask. But Ooh, I'm gonna hate. I think. This. I think you will, especially after this one. Fuck, and I like. You I too. think vinyl. I think vinyl is fucking stupid. No, I don't disagree. It's extremely overrated. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't and think it's extremely yeah. hyped and really like the market's stupid. Like people will like <sighs> like buy excessive amounts of vinyl and then just like sell it on like ebay for like 10 times the price it's like the most insane thing. well like, now now don't talk <laughs> shit about that because it is the holidays and i i've had to flip some of my now i and now now no now listen i'm i hate to i hate I, to cross promote but i am going to take this time to cross promote <laughs> and say if you go back and listen to uh, it was like episode 45 or I don't know. It was like three or four episodes before this. And it's called spending too much money at record stores. I talk about how yep. I got into records back in like 2010, 2011, when you could go to a hot topic, you go in the clearance section and buy the fuckers for like literally $5. Like I was buying records for five fucking dollars. And then it got fucking bloated where you could start buying them at fucking Guitar Center and Barnes and Noble and all these places. And they're like charging $30 for a goddamn like Pink Floyd record. And there's like no. And like also that's the other thing. It's like you're like to in your in your favor. And this is someone who buys records. You're paying. And this is what I've never understood with the piracy. People refuse to pay $10 for a CD, but they will go pay 20 or $30 for something that you cannot play in a car you cannot burn if it doesn't have a fucking download code you can't put it on your computer it's the least convenient way to listen to music i mean even cassettes you can rewind and fast forward like yeah but it's the most expensive fucking thing so it's like i don't disagree with you because if you don't collect vinyl i see where you're coming from so i can't even shit on you with that one dude dude i like I like it, and I don't even like like that. I like it. Like I spent. Like, it is cheesy, 70, isn't it? It's kind of cheesy. I, I dude, what? I'm like, I bought my one of my favorite yeah. albums is the Starting Line State. Like you mean it, and I like, like really wanted to listen to that, but it cost me seventy five fucking dollars to do so. God now, damn. Now let me ask you this though, because this is like one of the things that like part of my argument, and it hasn't been said yet but you brought up like a portion of it. You said you bought it to listen to it, even though like you don't like that you're liking it, like to buy vinyl. Did you pretty much just buy it almost maybe for the fact that not only is it a band that you like, but there's a nostalgia factor to listening to a record. Um, no, I have a nostalgic thing for like cassettes and CDs. Like I like cassettes a lot, actually. 
Well, I have a response because, though. Like, I, I have a response. Can I, I chime in? Sure. And explain. Uh, uh, this is at least for me. I don't know, Zach, and I feel like maybe this explains what 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 you feel as well. There is something when you collect vinyl. It's kind of cheesy. Like, I really get it. Like, it goes back again where it's like it's so dumb that you're paying $20, $30 for this really inconvenient thing. But if you love a record, there is kind of an excitement to buying it again. Like, even though you already own it, if there's a record you really love, like, I own a couple copies of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket on vinyl, and it's like you can never like this sounds really i guess it sounds really cheesy maybe you can relate to this like like a nostalgia factor you can never relive the first time you like listened like you can never relive the first time you listen to take off your pants and jacket or going to the store and buying it but it's really cool to go to the store and buy that album again and get like you know a limited variant of like you know 300 copies like there is something like i'm not saying it's the same thing as the first time you hear it but it's just kind of fucking cool. You know, like I remember getting a like, and I'm not like this anymore. I really don't go to record stores much and buy records, but like, like I remember buying American idiot years ago and it's like, it was kind of cool. Cause it's like, God damn, it was like 10 years after I was like, you know, I was maybe like 23 at that point. And it's like, God damn, I remember being like 13 buying the CD and now it's like, I'm buying it again, you know? So there's kind of that probably the same reason why motherfuckers go to a guitar center and, a 45 year old dude's paying fucking $35 for dark side of the moon on vinyl. And it's like the fifth time that he's bought it in his life. You know what I mean? It's like, he's, he's bought it so many goddamn times, but it's like, cause he loves that record, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe you disagree, Zach, but I, I feel like that's part I, of, part of the allure. To I disagree. It. God damn. Well, I, mean, I disagree. Can I tell you guys one story that's going to just like tie like this and the last thing we were talking about together in a weird way? Do it up, bro. I was at a Jimmy World show Hell and yeah. I bought Bleed American on vinyl at the merch booth. And I took it home the next day. I stayed at like the hotel right next to it. And I took it home um, the next day and I played it and it was warped. And I literally... um. I thought it was like worth a shot, so I just DM'd uh, Jim from Jimmy World, and uh, he just responded to me. Just uh, give me your address, and uh, I sent him my address, and he sent me a whole new like Bleed American album, and like to my house. That's fucking like, cool. I, that's right. Like it, yeah, that's that cool. just shows like how cool like and personable some bands can be, and like uh, you know vinyl gets fucked up that's another reason like it you have to like keep it in such like weird like storage like you you have to like you can't like lay them flat you can't be in like really warm rooms or something i'm not for sure but well, no like, dude dude like to kind of go what you're saying and like i was saying earlier and i and i also want to reiterate like i did on my episode i don't flip records because really I and I do sell them like when I need money for years I have like if I need money and I have a record that's worth a lot of money yeah yeah dude like, yeah like I dude, mean, it's anything I'll be honest dude I sold my both my something corporate records uh this past month leaving through a window yeah I sold both of them and they both sold for over two hundred dollars and I'm Damn. sorry oh, but I know that one's I rare don't, was like, it the white one. Uh, no, I think they're both black, but dude, they're honestly some of the best sounding albums in my collection. But to be honest, 
I don't really listen to my records all that much anymore. So I'm like, they're not worth $200 to me. If somebody's willing to pay $200, like, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not a flipper. Like, like I never bought that for the intention to sell them. But if someone yeah. says, hey, I'm going to give you $200 for that album, it's just, like, I love that album, but I haven't listened to it in a couple years. Like, I even bring my record collection to Minneapolis with me. So I lived a whole year without my collection. So I'm very now, like, I'm kind of detached from it emotionally because I'm like, I lived for quite a while without it that I'm just kind of like, yeah, I like them. I don't really collect them anymore. And uh, and also, like you were saying, dude, though, like like that's the thing is like shipping them's kind of a pain in the ass because oh you have God, to yeah. really ship them correctly. Because like you said, like you do shit with them, it's very easy. Like I have to make sure they're packed in. You have to put a bunch of cardboard in to make sure that they don't move at all. You're really supposed yeah. to take the vinyl out of the jacket and uh, just take it outside of it and just put them both in the dust jacket, but take it outside of there so it doesn't fucking swish around and break through the car someone someone did that when they mailed one to me and i I didn't know why but now i know that's 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 a good thing if someone does that yeah that's a good thing they they know what they were doing and i'm glad because it was like the most expensive vinyl i ever bought take this to your grave 100 dollars just on a black vinyl this is probably this is kind of problematic but the i think the record that i spent the most on ever now this was in 2011, so I just want to say that it's 2011, but a uh, brand new fucking uh, Ew, your favorite bro. your favorite weapon. I, I Ooh, this that was, is a great album. This was Best 2011, album. but dude, <laughs> okay, listen, yeah, pre anything. But listen, no, listen, I got if you know anything about this, um, Iodine Records originally pressed it back in the day when it first came out. Now in 2011. People didn't give two fucks about records. And brand new, there's still a demand. But the funny thing is, an expensive record at that time was $100. Like, like me selling something corporate for those for like $200 each, that never happened back then. An expensive record. Like, you, dude, you are talking about take this to your grave. I bought that for $50 in 2010, and that was expensive then. I was like, fuck, $50 for this record? And, like, that thing's worth, like, almost $300 now. But, like, back, yeah. back then... <laughs> Fucking back then, um, fucking like a hundred bucks is expensive for a record. But anyways, uh, I think the dude who owned Iodine Records was selling like a bunch of copies of uh, Your Favorite Weapon on eBay, and I got him to sell me. He sold me one for seventy five that was unopened, and then I got him to sell me an open one for like forty five dollars. So altogether, that cost me like a hundred and twenty dollars, a hundred and thirty, maybe a little more. I think altogether is like a hundred thirty-five dollars for two copies of this. One unopened, one opened, which was white vinyl, which is the rarest one. There was a hundred copies made, and like those things are worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars now. Like back then, it was exp- like that was a big, sp- like that was a big spending. Ooh, actually, oh my God, my heart breaks. God damn, I'm going to break my own heart. I forgot about one, though. I don't want to sidetrack too much, but I, I've brought this up before. Fuck RJ, the guy who fucking runs Mightier Than Sword Records, or did, I should say. But that cocksucker. I heard that was the best record company, though. He pressed great records. And I have his. I have the Enema of the State vinyl pressings, which is the first time I was yeah, ever I heard, on vinyl. They're great, dude. The quality is amazing. I heard they're the best. 
They really are. And I don't have one, but I heard they're the best. That motherfucker, though, take or not take this to your <laughs> take this to your band, <laughs> take this to your pants and jacket. Fucking uh, take off your pants and jacket. Yeah. When he pressed that, that motherfucker did it right when I graduated high school, and I spent like I bought every variant because it's fucking awesome. If you've ever seen it, because shop <laughs> shop radio cast pressed it a couple years later, they did it. Like it did come out and it's really cool. It has all the bonus songs on seven inches. So each seven, inch- I know I, I want that. That's a, if I ever get that album, which I don't have it, I uh, own a copy. Actually, it's fucking cool. I, yeah, yeah. That's like, if I ever get a copy of that album on vinyl, that's the one I want. I really only have, uh, I think dude ranch and the Mark, Tom and Travis show on vinyl. And I think that's it. <laughs> I have most there. I think I, I have most have- their albums. <laughs> I think I have almost all. I don't of them. have one record. There's, you know what yeah. though, dude. Like <laughs> I said, I don't point. blame you. You don't like them. I don't. Yeah, blame. I mean, it's I'm a, not it's against people hobby. not liking them. Yeah, like it's not what, a. Yeah. All I, you know what though, and I've like the thing is like, and I, I almost gloat about this, but like, I might be the only person whose record collection has become an investment where I've probably profited off it over the years. Because really, I've spent an ungodly amount in record stores. But I've also made, I mean, a lot of, I've sold records for three or four times what I've paid for them. Like more than a few times, like a, like a lot, like to the point where they really, you start looking at, it's like, it's kind it's a hobby that paid for itself. Cause I don't do it anymore. You know what I mean? Like I bought like, I think the only record I bought this year was the replacements. Please to meet me box set. I think that might be the only record I bought all year. Like I don't go and buy records anymore like I did. So really that hobby I don't do anymore, and I think I kind of got my money back in a way, which most people don't do if for a hobby. So I got to say I'm really It's just a I'm crazy lucky. market because, dude, it, people I, love it's just it. the – Dude, people are fucking crazy for it. I bought a $30 dogs eating dogs like 7-inch or something this summer, and then the next day they were sold out. And for sale for like 150. Oh no, dude! dude I I've I seen like, that on eBay. Fuck? Those are crazy. You can't get that album for under 100. But people buy them. People buy them. That's fucking. Well, that's my thing, dude. It's like again, it's like, and I'm not shitting on anyone, but I'm just like, I would never pay what they're paying. That's why I'm like, if you want to pay me that money for those records, it's like, personally, I would never pay that for an album. But if you want that's to pay like, that, like, okay. Okay, so that's like why, like, and this is gonna be like my last uh, thing on the vinyl. Yeah, then we then it, we can move on. When it when an artist comes out with like a cool box set, so I'll actually give you an example. The Wonder Years just pressed uh, the Upsides and Suburbia together, and like this like four vinyl box set, and yeah, it was like seventy five dollars. But that can thing I, can is I gonna say like, something about that? Thank yeah. God. I recently sold those records for a lot of money because they're definitely about to lose their value now that they're being repressed on that. Because they were very oh, rare for a, Every, I sold them. To sell dude, their old ones. I, I just the sold one. them off not long ago because I, and I didn't know that was coming, but I, I had, dude, I I had unopened copies. Dude, from the Clarence bin, I bought the upsides for like $5. I bought like three copies once for five, all because they were $5. I'm just like, why the fuck wouldn't I buy three copies of this? It's only $5. Like, so I owned a bunch of them just, and same with Suburbia. I owned a few copies of that. Like, 
Suburbia is a great album. They are. Well, they are. And actually, that's. I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? You probably you probably like neck deep. We have a couple. We have a couple things here that. Well, no, we got to get back. I think we were well, talking. Let's get heated now. We're getting heated now. We're getting heated. But I have a Wonder Years opinion. Should I get into that or should I we go you. back to the artist thing? Because one of my unpopular opinions has to do with the Wonder Years. So where well, do you guys no, want to go, go? Well, go back to your first thing where you were talking about who yeah. are about to. Yeah, go back to the first. Thought who I want to die? Uh, Maybe not yeah. die. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, though, Zach, when you DM'd Jim, you didn't mention the second DM you asked him, right? You, you There was that one you were telling me about where you uh, asked him if it's true where if you uh, played Sweetness uh, backwards, it, you could hear him say Bush did 9-11. Bro, I did not. No! Yeah, if you play Sweetness backwards. <laughs> so many... So many. Yeah. Bush did. You, nah. you literally said like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm so sorry. Okay, dude. I'm sorry. You're right. All right. All right. Let's get off of that. Let's get off of that. Uh, what do you want to die? Okay. Here's the only thing. This next topic, in a way, is 9 11 because these artists are the ni- are the, equi- the musical equivalent of 9 11. And my two most hated oh, artists, boy. who I hate more than anything in this world, I want to hit their faces with sledgehammers. I want to curb stomp them. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know if that would get me sued. Um, I don't mean it. Uh, I only mean it metaphorically. I'm a poet. But but, uh, fucking John Mayer and Sammy Hagar are their two biggest fucking musical hacks in the the entire world, in the entire universe. Um, And here's the funny thing, though, about it, too. And I was thinking about this. Sammy Hagar went in and ruined a really good band. He went in and ruined Van Halen. John Mayer went in and made a really shitty band, The Grateful Dead, somehow made them even worse. The Grateful Dead already fucking sucked. Now you add John Mayer to it, this is even worse. And I don't know if that's worse or the fans are. I don't know if a fucking... A parking lot full of deadheads and John Mayer fans are fucking shittier than the Grateful Dead and John Mayer, but that itself sounds like nine eleven. Oh my god! And I hate <laughs> Sammy. Hate Van Halen's so fucking good. And you know what? Here's my hot take. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion in the fact that I sound like a heartless prick. But a couple months ago, when Al or when uh, Eddie Van Halen died, all I could think was, I wish it was fucking Sammy Hagar. Why couldn't it have been fucking Sammy Hagar? Why wasn't it Sammy? I don't know. Why wasn't it Sammy, dude? Why couldn't it have been that guy? I don't give a shit about Sammy Hagar, but I do have a signature hashtag. And, like, I took it into a repair shop because I thought I had blown the tubes because it sounded weird. No, it's just a shitty amp. It just sounds like ass. Yeah, it's just a shitty fucking amp. Why you would buy that is beyond me. what amp? I have, well... My, I actually, it sounded really good with my Tom DeLong Strat. It sounds really good when you crank it, the gain, all the way up. It's a good high gain what? amp, but like other than that. Wait, what amp? It's a Crate Blue Voodoo. Seem, oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Model, and it's a like a fat red, bright red half stack. It looks awesome. I, I just know, don't I'm... tell people it's Sammy Hagar because it's, it's honestly okay. a That's great looking amp. No, bro, it's a cool amp. I actually recorded wow. most of my like punk album with it, and like uh, there's nothing punk about it, Sammy Hagar, dude. I'm sorry, well, I like you, but fucking. 
Yeah, uh, and also my my unpopular opinion um, is that John Mayer is the greatest guitarist of our generation. You're a piece and, of uh, shit. Because here's the thing about that, and I think I told you this, I Zach. But there's a. Are you kidding? I think he's oh, great. Yeah. You're a motherfucker. Yeah, You're he's both amazing. motherfuckers. <laughs> Dude, he's a terrible like boyfriend, but a you, great like a, a phenomenal how, musician. How can you be a fan of someone? Yeah, Kyle would know he dated John Mayer. Do okay. you know? Do you guys know? <laughs> do you guys know? Who do you think? That, do you guys know that he wrote "Your Body Is a Wonderland" about his dad? That how can? How the oh, fuck you can, can you be a fan years. of that? How the fuck can is, you be a fan of true? someone? Yes, he awesome. wrote that song about that his is, dad. Well, then that's, that's true. Like that is awesome. Too. No, there's yeah, two. Like, there's if two Tom songs. Didn't even think it was cool, bro. If, there's... Tom, if Tom DeLonge wrote that song, you were like, "Oh shit, that's a slapper off takeoff." Well, no. Here's jacket. the thing. Here's where I'm a hypocrite. It's not even that. I think that the starting line's "Bedroom Talk" is a good song, and Kenny Vasoli oh, no. wrote Kenny Vasoli wrote that about it's his the worst dad. Starting line song. He wrote that about his dad too, and I actually Dude, like why that do song. You say these things. No, these guys are not writing sexual songs about their fathers. They're writing them about their girlfriends. At least bro. Kenny's straight up about wanting to tear your ass up. John Mayer gets metaphorical about his dad. <laughs> Like he calls his dad's body a wonderland. Like who the you're a fan of that? Like I can't get behind that. That's incest. I, I never really realized I mean, hey. it, but Kenny Kenny Vasoli or whatever from the starting line, he really does just like straight up like just admit he's in a butt stuff in that chorus. He's like, I'm gonna tell oh, you. Oh, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, it's pretty like they're like that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about like uh, Jimmy Eat World being metaphorical and then just being straightforward. It's not a yeah. metaphorical song. There's not a lot of metaphor there. <laughs> it's a very straight, even the, in the title, the title's pretty straightforward. Um, anyway, are you guys, yeah. now you guys are so both starting here, online I'll tell you fans. Something. I'm very stoked that they're doing that online thing where they're playing Direction and based on a true story. And then it's When fun. are they doing that? I'm going to buy a ticket. I think next month. And then oh. it's funny because they're doing that, and then the third night is the best of night. And yeah, I'll, I'm gonna get a ticket to that. Can I? They're like selling them separately, right? I'm be, yeah, they, they are. But I'm I'm kind of a dick. But I was thinking about that, and I was thinking if that's the best of night, that means they're just gonna play "Say It Like You Mean It" front to back. Yeah, that's what Might I want. Well. Why are Why are they messing with the fans? I'm just being just... a I'm just being a dick. I love the starting line, but I mean, I just this, feel like the best of is gonna episode. be. It's just going to be all fucking say it like you mean it songs. This whole episode is based off being a dick and just having shit opinions. So yeah, and I love Kenny Vasoli and all that. I love Islander and yeah, fucking same. starting line. I, sh- I, sh- I shipped him a guitar once and it was awesome. Oh, that's right. I want to <laughs> smoke weed with Kenny Vasoli. That's a dream. You did. Yeah, I, when I, early, early in my Guitar Center days, I'll rapid fire through this. I shit. I uh, an order came in for an Epiphone Sheridan uh, semi hollow body. It was for Kenny, and like I recognized the name. I made sure it was the same person, and I like left him a note like in the box of like how much of a fan of his music I was, and then like we sh- I shipped it off to him, and then like a week later I got in trouble at work with a screenshot from my Twitter talking about how I shipped Kenny a guitar, and I almost got fired. <laughs> Shit, dude. Weird. That's crazy. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was God awesome. Damn. 
You know, the other thing I will yeah. say on them, and then we'll, then we'll get back on, but talking about how, how lyrics are very literal, um, Making Love to the Camera is the weirdest song. That song's about having sex with a camera. It's the weirdest fucking thing. How do you even fuck a camera? Hey, it's a beautiful. It's the most beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing. Have you ever watched American Beauty? No. <laughs> it's a weird fucking movie, man. Does someone fuck a camera? Uh, no, but no. Just, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I'm just not sure. Does someone fuck a camera? Like, I don't know. You fuck. What does making love to the camera mean? No. There's in the uh, in the movie American Beauty. Uh, okay, have you seen in uh, not another teen movie? How there's that kid That's a that they kind of reference that has a camcorder. Yeah, you know how there's a kid that they kind of reference throughout the movie he has a camcorder and he's just really awkward and weird. Yeah, and there's yeah, that bag okay. that follows him. Yeah. In the movie American Beauty, the this kid is like filming like on a camcorder like his neighbor. And like he's like in love with the girl, but the dad is like super fucking weird. And he like it's 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 so it's one of those weird things you have to see. But that's what they're referencing in not another teen movie. And yeah, it's like he's filming like this family, quote unquote, and it's like really creepy shit. So oh, making shit. love to a camera is a is a loose reference to that movie. Oh, in my fuck. Head. I didn't know that. That's a good record. I, I love yeah. that. And actually, speaking of that, too, going back to Jimmy Eat World, they're doing their three-album thing, which was making – that's why I started thinking about it because they're doing Clarity, Futures, and Surviving. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, I'm more excited to hear Clarity and Surviving than I am Futures. If I think Definitely. about it, I'd, I'd rather hear those. And I and I don't really check out a lot of those online ones except for, like, actually shout-out Quarantunes, which I did uh, – we were recording this. I did it yesterday. That was fucking fun, and uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that was, that I, was cool. Yeah, thank you, dude, for watching that. That like that that's fucking cool. Yeah, I've, I've never really watched like the paid ones, but like I've done a few of those, like the quarantunes and shit like that, are real fun to watch. But I, I might actually pay to watch them do clarity and surviving and 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 uh, futures. Same with the starting line. I might have to. I might pay for that to see them. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna pay for the starting line one. I actually paid. Uh... For the Wonder Years uh, live stream, like a few months ago, they did the they did some Blink songs. Uh, it was like oh, I for saw the they're doing like a the cover Mark, set. Travis show. Yeah, they're doing a cover yeah, it was, set. It was right? pretty good. You know, yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> I drove uh, Zach. Actually, I think I told you this when it happened. I'm gonna text you this, but I think like it was like two months ago. I was going through. I was listening to that record, the Mark Tom and Travis show, and I'm going oh, through a record. Dunkin' Donuts. And I kind of forget that I'm listening to the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. And it's like, like I have it turned down because I'm going through the drive-thru. But it's like it's still loud enough where, like, it's audible to the girl handing me my coffee. And it's, like, right as a song's ending. And I can't remember what – I don't even remember what it was. But I think it might I think it might have been Mark Hoppus saying, let's give it up for blowjobs. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Like, like, that's – it starts saying that as she's, like, handing me my coffee. And it's like – Oh, I forget. This is an album that you really I, can't play I, with the windows down or around people. Hey, man. Yeah. I, 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 I played Blowjob for my dad and his friend and my uh, dad's friend's son last night, and they all loved it. I was like, dude, it's just a song about two happy dudes singing about what they want. Did you introduce it as your favorite Blink-182 song? You're like, you guys, this no, is my they, favorite Blink-182 song. Uh, it is. They were playing this. That's Zach's unpopular opinion. No, they were playing this oh. band that was like totally ass. And I'll, I'll tell you 
What band it was? It was John Mayer. It was like really terrible. I gotta, I gotta remember. Um, trying to go through my Spotify here. Yeah, and um, you know one of those guys are gonna, one of those guys are gonna go home after hearing that and write a song about his dad. You know that, right? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean, people love writing songs, oh. fucked up songs about their dads. That's just what it's about. John <laughs> Mayer's a monster, though. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, like he's an before. amazing guitarist. No, he's not. He's a shitty boyfriend. He's shitty in relationships, but so is Taylor Swift. And look how good their careers are going. I'm such I'm such a dick. I remember my my friend uh, was a was a big John Mayer fan, and he was going to see John Mayer, and then John Mayer got sick and got can and like canceled. And I would like laughed in his face when he told me that. And like he was so <laughs> bummed and disappointed. And I just laughed in his face and started roasting him for liking John Mayer. And I started thinking about that later. I'm like, that's really shitty. To be fair. Are you dude, talking about when John Mayer got canceled and like because like of all the things he was like talking about? No, like, no, no. This is no, this is like 2012. He got like sick. He got like he literally couldn't sing. I think there, oh, yeah. I knew about there the was like a thing. moment he, where like, like he in almost for a few years. I think there was a moment where he almost wasn't ever going to be able to sing again. And like it happened, yeah, he, my friend had tickets and then all of a sudden he was so excited for months. And cause that was the thing for months, I was roasting him about it anyways. And then it got canceled. And I just was relentless. <laughs> I'm a are fucking we, asshole. Are, that, are, that, are you looking for your next one or what? Oh, I actually, uh, I, I have uh, one we could go yeah, off of, if not. No, I, I figured, okay, oh, I, so my friend's, uh, my dad's friend and his son were playing Steel Panther, and they were kind of like jokes I on like Steel on Panther. Oh, ew, they're no, so they're good. They are no, good, dude. Uh, uh, How do you not, okay, now this is a good one. How the fuck spot. do you not like that? Now, do you realize it's a it's, joke? Yeah, yeah, but it, it doesn't even sound good. It, it's a, like, uh, are you really kidding? Awful it's joke. really it's well a- done. Jo- like, it's a joke that's so well done that it legit sounds like a hair metal band. It legit sounds I like know. it was yeah, a, exactly. an album from the 80s. Like, they have the joke spot on. I don't know, man. You're a fucking yeah. idiot, dude. Sorry. God damn, I'm They're- sorry. Now I kind of feel bad. I'm just trying to make you cry. You're just upset that you've never been able to join a gangbang at the old folks' home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Whoa. Yeah, motherfucker. I used to work at a nursing home, man. <laughs> oh, so what he's saying by that is don't count them out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's always a chance. That's all, that's all that yeah. means is, what are you saying, guys? I used to work at one. After so, like, hours. Yeah, yeah. Besides for the fact that that band is ass, I played them an actually good joke track song, which was Flojo. And what that's they not say. a joke. That's just a real thing. <laughs> I mean, do you think you know what just, though? Like, no, songs no. Blowjobs. So like, wait. Just, I, I think it was intended to be. Wait, true. you guys. That sounds about <laughs> blowjobs. Oh man. That sounds about blowjobs. <laughs> oh boy. Have you ever heard of the birds and the bees, Anthony? No, I thought no. I could have swore I heard that the elevator was like a sequel to Blowjob. No. Blowjob was also no. about nine eleven. Built this pool as a sequel oh. to Blowjobs. What? Oh. <laughs> Why you piggyback off the joke and and it wasn't funny? God damn, dude. I know. Okay. Fuck. All right, go to your Kyle next. Roll to opinion number two. 
I'm about to say mine if you don't say yours because I'm about to talk shit on the Wonder Years. That air, go. All right. I'm going to talk. Actually, I like the Wonder Years, but what I'm going to say is I was. It's been about 10 years since I really, really got into the Wonder Years and Man Overboard and Handguns and eventually Forever Came Calling. And just all those in the story so far, to a certain degree, I, I've never been a huge fan, but you know I like them enough. And just those story so far is the best band out of all the bands you just go said. fuck yourself. That's totally wrong. I got, That's I got the a Forever band. Came Calling CD for free. From They're fucking Pure Noise, good. Like, at a story so far show, and I'm gonna I was kick you like, in the dick if you say it's. Be- is this? I was like, you're I a fucking idiot. I didn't even want it. <laughs> Damn, you're a fucking moron, dude. That's a great yeah, fucking band. Pure Noise was like, and it just come out the one with the lion. That's Man. a great record, Contender. Wait, you did? Did you actually not listen to it? Because you would actually like that record, you moron. You would Someone actually like it. it. The la- dude, the label gave it to me for free, and I was like, I listened to it, and I was like, nah. Oh, you did listen to it. Oh, well, you oh, actually. Like, I, I think music. I like listened to it a little bit. I, I'm you not like mad. John I'm Mayer, dude. About- you like John Mayer. It's all right. It just wasn't the story so far, you know. It yeah, was, you're uh, right. It was better. You're right. It wasn't the story so far. Um, anyway, anyway, before I was being rudely interrupted by the story so far, fucking fan, um, like that, like that era, that great era of pop punk, like you know, it's like ten years ago when it really kind of started, and I, I was like paying attention to it. You it was know, like the start of the sad boy. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, like the beginning of that. And I look back now, and to be honest, I think early Man Overboard has aged better than the Wonder Years. And this is coming from oh, someone, no. dude, in 2010, I don't know that I ever listened to an album more than I did than the upsides, like the upsides. I, I can't like in 12th grade, there's not an album that I think I listened to more. I, well, real talk probably rivals it, but like I listen back now and I listen to real talk more than I do the upsides. And I actually think it's better. Now here's the thing. People talk about man overboard and say the lyrics are cheesy but the thing is, I think it's aged better because there was never this expectation of it being this timeless record. The upsides, I used to think the lyrics were kind of good, and I don't think they've aged well. They just sound cheesy a lot of the times. No. Like, I think yeah, they not aged well at all. Because Man, man oh, and you guys can fucking destroy me here, but like, like Man Overboard, they were, ne- dude. She was chilling, looking hot in her bed, smoking pot. That is not a, that's not Shakespeare. That's not amazing. It's a, here's the thing, man overboard. This sound, this is going to be the most backhand compliment man overboard are like American pie. In my opinion, American pie is not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie series, but if you put that on expecting to, to watch the Godfather or citizen Kane or like one of the greatest movies of all time, you're going to be greatly disappointed because it's a movie about a guy who fucks a pie. And like man overboard's kind of <laughs> man overboard's kind of like a movie about a guy fucking a pie in the sense that yeah you don't turn it on for the lyrics but I don't turn blink 182 on for the lyrics either but anyway it's kind of like that Dude, I just can't get past that man overboard song that's like acoustic and they're like clapping and like love your like friends a- die laughing that's a great song you're a no, motherfucker. Dude, that's a good song. That, song. that song's stupid as fuck, and it sounds bad. Comes from the guy who loves the story so far. Yeah, dude. The story so far. <laughs> there, there's a uh, what you don't see uh, is one of the best mixed pop, new pop punk albums of like the 2010 era. 
No. Uh, the only thing I'll give mixed. you is I, the first time I listened to them was I listened to their like first EP because I thought that cover looked cool. It's like a street corner and there's like a street light and a stop sign. Yeah, while you, while you were sleeping. Yeah, I'm an OG motherfucker. That's the other thing is like I talk shit about stories so far. But I can back it up because I've like known about them till like fucking pre-soil and dirt shit. Like I've been onto them for a long time. I I like that band. Like uh, they just uh, can I give my unpopular opinion because uh, do it up. <laughs> do it I, up, dude. It actually relates to this. Um, so I wanted to say that I think that the drummer of the story so far is the most talented member and is like wildly overlooked because everyone just focuses in on that shouty dude, of course. Well, here, but, can um, I, Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. And then I have something to kind of he's say. Just like, he's the best drummer in pop punk besides Travis Barker. Well, you know, who's very underrated kind of keeping up what we're talking about though, even though I'm kind of talking shit about the wonder years, Mike Kennedy, their drummer, Oh, is Mike really fucking good dude, including on those first two like Suburbia and the Upsides. His dr- like eyes. not Have only cof- Well, that's the thing like dude. the tempos that they're playing at, he's still doing amazing drum fills. Like he's playing tempos yeah, that a lot of guys cannot play fills at, and he's playing fucking fills during it. And it's like yeah, it's dude. fucking Mike amazing. He's a bad friend, but he's an amazing <laughs> yeah. drummer. Like no, like he is definitely an amazing drum and really i mean he's a good drummer on the other records too but i just mean specifically the ones where they're just really fast tempo punk songs it's yeah, fucking like amazing guys are like uh hey zach do you like the song Dynamite coffee Shovel? eyes yeah because i keep trying to talk about it because <laughs> it know. has cool drums no dynamite shovel is another really good one dynamite shovel and then the only reason Dude, I was you know what a good one is because like what Woke up older because there's that bridge. Oh, yeah. And he just goes fucking nuts in the bridge right before it breaks down and it gets quiet. Is that the one that's like $2.27? No, that's... That song? Dude, that's Coffee Eyes. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You fucking dumbass. That's Coffee Eyes. Jesus, dude. Okay, I that's the, that's like the opening line. That's the opening line to Coffee I know, Eyes. I, could, I couldn't remember. You're a fucking dude. idiot. I, I'm sorry, I don't have all these bands like discography memorized. I have some of the bands. Wait, can I just throw another memorized. disclaimer that like I would feel like a real dick? Like I just want to remind everyone that we're trying to make someone cry in this because I realize it's extremely <laughs> rude. I keep calling my guests fucking idiots and things like that. But the whole the whole thing is we're trying to get ratings up here. We need sponsors, folks, and uh, so which we case do. I'm trying to make no, I bet, I'm trying to make one of them cry, or maybe me. Who knows? I just want some waterworks from one of us. I I, I sent a couple email feelers out for you, Anthony. <laughs> maybe there'll oh, be did, one on the horizon. Did we did we find any? No, but oh, okay. we're getting there. But may, oh, okay. Hey, that's better than nothing, dude. I can't wait what are you guys to talking uh, about. Uh, we probably, we don't want to jinx it. We don't want to say too much yet, Yeah, but it sounds good. Okay. It sounds good. And it, yeah. it also sounds delicious, much like strawberries. Yes. But, uh, but, all I will say are great farms, great farms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and anyway, yeah. I mean like with the wonder years, he is a great fucking drummer. Um, amazing, amazing drummer. They're all actually very good musicians. Like, all, like even like their bass player, 
doesn't play fucking just straight up root notes. Like he's always doing interesting things. Like they're actually a very musically talented band. Like even though I think some of their newer albums are kind of boring and I'm not really into what they do anymore. It there it's not that they're not talented. Like it's just not my thing. Like I acknowledge I think they're extremely talented. Like I can't there's songs on the greatest generation because like that's where I start to drop off. Like I like like half the record, but even the songs that I don't like, I go, this band is talented. Like even if I don't love the songs, I'm like, fuck, it may not be the direction I like, but I'm not gonna say this band's not good. Like what they're doing's really album, well. Yeah. yeah, like I can't Dude. shit on it. So my coworker, shout out to David, he loves the fucking Wonder Years. And like I he he was like so floored that I said like I only listen to the upsides in suburbia, like like only. It's all I really and like maybe to. and maybe some of the EPs uh won't be pathetic forever EP. I like that one. But um Wait, can I I'm sorry to stop you, but when's the last time you listened to it? Because I used to really like it, and then I think I tried listening to it like a year or so ago, and it did not age well. Like Suburbia and the Upsides aged okay, but that EP actually did not age all that great. And neither did get uh, stoked on it. And I really liked both of them. I used to like those both very much in college, and neither of them were very good last time I listened to them. Basically, any any of the Wonder Years with synth in it did not age all that well. Yeah, but like it's kind of like four years strong in use absent. Okay, now I I meant to ask you guys. I don't want to. I don't want to get too sidetracked. I don't want to get too sad. Yeah, old Wonder Years is easy core. Hey, wait. It is actually. I, you're not wrong. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna throw one point out there, and uh, I know this is like uh, uh, I'm doubling up, but I'm just. This is a freebie. Uh, you can't just make up a genre by adding core to the end of the title. That's a, that's a freebie. Well, the funny, uh, think, the funny thing is, most easy core bands were just pop punk bands that had a double bass pedal. Yeah, but and, and and breakdowns and breakdowns. Well, that's where the double bass pedal comes into play. That's I mean, but but yeah, honestly, but, but not for nothing. Fallout Boy had breakdowns on their fucking albums. Like I know they didn't have a lot of them, but they still technically had breakdowns in their songs. Definitely, mm-hmm. they they always did up until like the breakup, the first one or whatever. That actually goes well. We'll get back to this, but I have a I have one pertaining to Fallout Boy. Which I don't know. You guys actually may agree with me, but uh, I mean, I probably will. But but getting back, I mean, I don't know. Like, what else? What else do we have to say? That I'm just saying the like, and I'm really thinking more like the upsides and real talk. I think real talk aged better because once again, I used to listen to the upsides, and I don't know. It almost sounds embarrassing. I'm like like I would really like listen to the lyrics and be like, oh my god, they're so good and stuff. And I listen back now, and I just don't think they age that well. Where with Real Talk, I just listened to it because it was a great pop punk record. I never listened to it because I was like, these guys are poets. Like, I thought a soupy, I think, is a really good lyricist at one point. And I don't think he's bad. I'm just like, it doesn't, it didn't age well. It didn't have the charm. And to be honest, though, I wondered that back then. Their songs came out swinging's a song like that. Even back then, I was like, I like this, but it's like, I don't know if in 10 years, like some of those lyrics will be that good or if they'll just wear themselves out. I think they kind of wore themselves out in a way they were okay when they came out. And I'm just like, I don't like them that much now. And I liked the lyrics enough at one point where it bothers me 
where I don't listen to that much. I listen to some songs like like came out swinging or not came out swinging uh, fucking woke up older. Uh, like if I'm working out, that is a song that I will jump to all the time. Like there's a couple one year songs I'll still play the shit out of. But for dude, the most all my part, friends are in bar bands. Like, dude, I that, love that's to not say, a bad one. That's a great song, and it features all the members of the Wonder Years like sing just a little bit at the end of the song. That's like, what song by any band can you besides like maybe the fucking Beatles? Like, can you say this song has every member of the band singing on it? Like within like 30 seconds probably newfound glory in in gang uh, no, vocals no way in gang vocals oh, yeah gang but gang vocals don't count though like literal singing like parts oh yeah i don't fucking know so yeah it's cool like the, i feel like the upsides <laughs> is like yeah, honestly uh like it, it's just uh it's a really it, it has like everything. It Wait, can I can I ask stuff. you something yeah. though? And and I'm gonna ask yeah. you both, Kyle. Do you do you listen to One Years? Like, do you listen to the upsides and stuff? Do you are you on track with this? Uh, I haven't listened to them since like 2012 when I downloaded all their music and realized it was trash. Okay, never mind. Okay, so I'm just gonna ask. Um, I mean, you, <laughs> if you have an opinion, not, not no. If you have something to say. I, Go ahead, but I just ask, so then it's that way. I don't feel like I'm leaving you out if I'm not, like, getting in on you with it because you obviously don't give as no, much of a like, shit. Yeah, no, I I joined a band in, like, 2012, and it was more like a like a, like a metal core band, I guess. But, core? Uh, no, no core. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's why I said it like that because we oh, weren't yeah. really a metal band, but we weren't really a metal band. That was the problem, so... Um, but the, uh, a lot of the members listen to like pop punk bands and stuff. And like the, the vocalist and bass player, he loved the wonder years. And we were starting to transition into more of like a heavier pop punk, uh, easy band. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, like, what do you listen to? Like, I'll try to vibe off of what you're listening to. And like, he sent me like the entire discography of the wonder years and I listened to it and it just, and up until two, Awful. At 2012, the entire discography was Suburbia and The Upsides. Well, and Get Stoked On well, then, It Won't well, Be Pathetic Forever. Yeah, yeah. And The yeah. Split With Bangarang. Yeah, and I had that. I had everything up until that point, and it was just... And I The was Split like, With Stay Ahead Of The Weather. This, and The Glamour Kills the Split. That have, yeah. It was literally like, I sat there listening to it, and I'm like, this is what the hype of this band is all about. Like, this is why everyone thinks Soupy is, like, a phenomenal musician and vocalist. Are you fucking kidding See, me? This, and this is like, what I'm I getting thought, This is what I'm getting at is what you're talking about, is I was once that person, and I'm not shitting on him. I don't think he's a terrible vocalist or, like, a like, like even lyricist, but it was very much a thing where – I think it was relatable at a certain age. You know what I mean? It was like oh, there, it was a time was and place. Say. Yeah, like a very time college. and place. It's about yeah. college. Dude, you are you know what? You it's just hit the nail up on the head. About college. And it's that like, was my t- like everyone like in college, like, well, I'm kind of experienced and now I'm like kind of fresh out of college. All my friends are moving are all my friends are moving in with their girlfriends and all my friends are in bar bands, man. It's relatable. Okay, so this you know. goes back to though. Then you know what? All I'm doing is 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 showing everyone else the light. This goes back to the man overboard thing. 
Man Overboard stays relatable because most of the songs are just about girls. Yeah. Like that, that's just always relatable. That's no matter what age you are, college age or not, that's just something that stays, you know, a constant. Whereas you're right, Zach, and I never really thought of that. The Wonder Years are amazing when you're in college and he's singing. He's basically singing about your life. You're like, and that's why I think the greatest generation, you start to lose it because he's not being so autobiographical anymore. I agree. Some of I it, agree. some of it he is. I mean, not to be fair, there are, there are some where he's very, uh, like, you know, very personal, but I think he starts oh, changing oh, there. But I do think there's change there where there is, it starts to get a little more metaphorical. Whereas on the first two ret with suburbia and the upsides, it is more like, holy shit, this guy's like singing about me. But it is. Dude, it's like, a he's time talking and about place. So many shitty college parties, dude. Like I remember drinking vodka lemonade at this huge college party in this nasty ass basement. They were serving the vodka lemonade out of a gas tank. Oh, like, Jesus that's Christ. kind of what that's that's like a Wonder Years lyric though. Yeah, no, no, you're Almost. right. You know what I mean? But see, that's the thing. That's like something we saw in the movie Superbad. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But like it it is like so like when it's going on in your life, you totally relate to it. Where later on, once you get to like your mid 20s, you're kind of like I just don't relate to this much anymore. Where once again, with man but overboard. It's fun to remember it. Yeah, well, see that's it, the thing. You will go down memory lane whereas man overboard I'll still want to listen just 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 listen to a fun pop punk record. I'll just put on real talk. And that's what I've always done. I've always just listened to it because, like, I associate that record with mowing the lawn because it used to be a good, like, album to listen to yeah, on a sunny no, day while dude, you mow the totally fucking get lawn. You. Yep. So get it's that. so it's like I think that aged better. You know what I mean? Like that's never changed. Like I can listen to it the same way I did when I was eighteen and in twelfth grade listening to that album for the first time. Whereas the upsides, I don't feel the same. Ten years later, I mean, I listened to that album when I was 18 and in 12th grade. I've graduated high school and college since then. I mean, I'm 28 years old, so it's like I don't feel the way – I don't have the same feelings I did at 18. So it's like I don't feel that same way about Soupy's lyrics and their music and shit. Whereas Man Overboard, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, he did the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah, there's songs about girls. Like, that's about it, you know. Okay, but coming from like – music like take away all the lyrics like because i will say like out of all these bands the new pop punk the story so far is like Suck. my favorite but here's the thing like that guy is like singing about a girlfriend that he's hung up on for like three albums <laughs> so like here's the thing like and i was like at one time you know in our teenage years we were all hung up on at least one girl so it was really relatable at that point but now, uh, you know, I'm still in the dating scene, but I don't, like, get hung up on women like that. Uh, so it's just, like, it's not as, like, this is so passionate. He's writing about his, like, ex-girlfriend. It's yeah. just, like, like, I don't relate as much anymore, if I'm being honest, but I still think no, the music sense. is, like, amazing. Well, and to like, I think that the music too. is really good. Like, to defend that idea where, like, and he's not the only one, but, like, people will criticize bands where it's like, oh, that guy just keeps writing about, like, that one girl or just this one subject. I'm not against someone doing that if you keep it fresh and original. Because if it's album, like you were saying, if it's album three and it's just the same songs recycled, then you got to stop that shit. If you can somehow keep the same topic going and it's still musically interesting, I'm I'm fine with that. But... If the yeah. songs start getting stale 
it's like that then that's an issue you know that's a fucking problem and the story so far to me like my problem is too all the albums just kind of sound the same to me (laughs) like honestly there's a couple songs that stand out to me but you could play most of those songs, and I just go, they're all from Under Soil and Dirt. I'm like, I don't know. They're fucking so all this thing. one album. Under Soil and Dirt is a straight-up, like, I would say, third, like, attempt at a straightforward pop-punk album. And then Steve Klein from New Found Glory, well, he was in New Found Glory, he produced uh, What You Don't See. The story so far is technically, like, second or like third album or and something. Jordan and Jordan Pundit did the artwork and he did the artwork. Wait, wait, they... can I, wait, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Of what course. if, what if, uh, what if, and, and Kyle's going to laugh at this and I don't know if Zach, you'll, you'll get what this is. I hope you do. But what if it was instead, what if the, what if the album cover was the boxcar racer cover and it was called what you don't hear because of Jordan Pundit. Oh God. You know, that oh, was really, God. that was a stretch. That was a real stretch. Jeez. Okay, wait, let's ask him. Okay, we got to bring this up real quick. I know this is so fucking left field. I know I have is pizza. Is Jordan Pundit, like, is he on Boxcar Racer? I feel like. Oh, my God, dude, my question. Okay, you just answered my question, Zach, because I was about to ask you if you could hear him in Cat Like Thief. The answer is no. No, I know it's a no, but I feel like somewhere I read that like it was like he sings harmonies on like a background verse or something. Is that true or no? Yes, it's in Cat Life it's Thief, true, but no one can hear it. What no song one... does he sing on? I'm ca- I keep telling you it, Cat Like Thief. No, dude, that's uh. No, he that's... also <laughs> sings on it. He also They're sings on it with Tim Armstrong. And... I found it though, dude, I swear. And I sent you the clip the other day, Kyle, I swear I can hear where he's singing, but you know what it's kind of like, do you guys hear, uh, Matt and Dan much on, uh, on, uh, fucking what newfound glory song do they sing on? It's on sticks and stones. Yeah, dude. I hear Uh, Matt totally. It's see, uh, I didn't hear it for a very long time. Isn't it belated? That or something is it's not something I call per no because they do they did the and if I had the chance what song is that uh, oh tell all my friends um, that I'm dead forget my name yeah forget my name yeah forget my forget name, my name. Yeah, dude. see I, I didn't, didn't think I didn't it sounded like them that. for a really long time like now that I know I hear it but for a long time I even realized it was them singing that yeah dude I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I heard the song because granted I think uh I listened to more of Newfound Glory's discography before I really got into Apple Trios. Um, but uh, oh, I did too. I, I, I did the same thing. I, I knew that there was another singer on there. I knew it wasn't Jordan. And I was like, I, I didn't know who it was. But when I was starting to get more into like reading about albums and like how they were recorded, uh, I think I read that. Yeah, it's so, that guy uh, from Blink 182s on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Dude, interesting. I met Matt Skiba. Oh. Oh, I forgot. Two members of Blink-182 are on Sticks and Stones. Matt Skiba and and Mark Hoppus. Did you know that Sticks and Stones... uh, Kyle, do you like that? You know that album we're talking about, right? Where the fuck are you, dude? Did we lose him? Oh, fuck. We lost him. Let me add... Okay, this happened. This is bullshit. This happened when we were doing the Boxcar Racer album. And I thought it was Mark Hoppus every time trying to cut it off because he didn't want us talking about <laughs> fucking Boxcar Racer. 
He was against it. All right, let me find him. Let me call this motherfucker back. I still think it's the curse of Hoppus. All right, he's saying call me back in. We're doing it, dude. We're doing it. This is a raw fucking podcast. All right. Literally, Mark Hoppus' name and my phone hung up. Dude, dude, I just said the Hoppus curse. It's the fucking Hoppus curse, dude. Holy shit. What the fuck? Dude, it's not even a joke anymore. It's not even a fucking joke. Dude, oh my honestly God. those episodes dude are getting a lot of do- i'm not even kidding you're getting quite a few downloads and i think one of them is at least one of those is mark and he's fucking pissed <laughs> he oh, is dude, fucking that was, that's so pissed up. dude dude uh we're so just talking about sticks and stones uh are you familiar yeah. with that album of course like literally okay. like literally the last word i heard before my phone hung up was <laughs> mark hoppins hang up <laughs> Oh hell yeah! So uh, so that's so fucking I was, funny. I went to I went to see Newfound Glory actually last year, and uh, I went to this meet and greet, and it, I all the band members were like dispersed, talking to different bands and stuff. But I was just like, just kind of talking to Cyrus because he was just like super chill and just like talking about anything and just like signing whatever I had. But he told me that in October of two thousand one, he broke his arm. And, uh, like, at, like, a party or something, or, like, a show party. And um, then they were set to record Sticks and Stones, like, in January of, like, 2002, like, the first of the year or something. And uh, he he was, like, recovering his arm, because it does take a while, like, a few months to recover a broken arm. Anyways, uh, Travis was set to record the entirety of Sticks and Stones, and there's actually demos out there. That's fucking of like, crazy. Even, yeah, and when he's doing the breakdown and understatement, Cyrus, it's not in the recording, but Cyrus does this thing where he's doing like a ride symbol thing during the breakdown, and he says yeah. he does that because in, in the audio recording of understatement, Travis Barker's demo, he did a ride symbol thing. And, oh, that's uh, fucking cool. Yeah, so I thought that was like a cool fact that like I feel like not a lot of fans know that Travis Barker almost played for Sticks and Stones and like That's uh, dope. Do I want to hear that? I want the demos. Yeah, that would be fucking I can't believe that's never that been released. Dude, they're probably amazing. Now, that kind of if if we're done with the Wonder Years, that actually goes into uh in yeah. to something I have with uh, Travis Barker. Cool. The, and, and I don't know if you guys have opinions with Blink, and we can get into all of them now. But Travis Barker, and I mean, I don't have. I guess, I guess, I have some. But this one going in with that, Travis Barker, when he plays pre Enema of the State songs live, he cannot play. He overplays on them. He cannot play Scott Rayner songs well. He overplays and can't just play a straight fast punk beat. Like they it, do sound like different. Like, listen it's just to the Mark style. Tom and Travis show. They're not, and I'm not saying they're bad songs, but like Peggy go actually Sue, listen it, to Damn It or Peggy Sue or one of those. The, no, dude, it Travis has a different vibe. Sue. No, yeah, man. I, like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. But that's because on the bridge, no, on the bridge he kills it. But it's because he yeah, has like he about. has a place to play though on there where that's kind of cool. The other song, 
like what's my or not what's my age again but like on damn it and uh I'm trying to think, even like pathetic and stuff like Voyeur. Don't they do Voyeur? Yeah, Voyeur. Well, there's a couple where he and almost even Voyeur seems weird. He almost seems like he has trouble just playing a straight one two one two one two one two. Like there's almost times I think even on Josie. Josie's one where it, it's not like once again they're not terrible, but he's not. He cannot emulate Scott Rayner that well, and it really is a testament to Scott Rayner's playing because yes, Travis Barker's one of the greatest fucking punk rock drummers of all time but there's something to be said about a drummer like scott rayner who can just play a fast punk beat just straight like that the whole time like that's a fucking yeah. talent on, on in itself that really should be acknowledged more yeah no i won't acknowledge that god damn you, like you. Scott rayner? fuck you honestly honestly i think scott rayner is a boring drummer fuck and the you. reason why travis does what he does is because Scott's boring and he needs to change it up. Yeah, I don't believe what you're saying. Travis. Oh, he, he is, is way, way more. more. I don't care. It's boring. Like I'm, I'm, I don't like the basic punk. Can I, can I ask Scott you something though? So do you like sure. not like bad religion or something? Because like that's straight up like basic punk beats. That is pretty bad I religion. Drumming. Don't care about the drums or no <laughs> like, effects it's, drumming. It's kind of like no. Yeah, effects. It's, it's not, yeah. it's not a, it's it's just so just it's it's samesies. It's like cut, cut copy repeat cut copy repeat cut copy paste. I, I just, feel like it puts more I'm emphasis really... on the guitars and the lyrics. Yeah, see, like because me... that's why first dates like jigga 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 like all crazy with the drums. Like I feel like it be obviously becomes like a third like songwriting tool. Um, but like I feel like before the drums weren't as uh, showcase obviously because yeah. it was more simple but the songs themselves were more like thought out because they weren't relying as much on like okay Travis is going to do something really fucking crazy so all we have to do is like write 45 seconds of something good well let let me say something and, and Kyle actually let me ask you do you think though that if the revisionist history and maybe I'm just thinking the other way just because I'm thinking of how they come out, so I can't think of them in a different way. But do you think Travis's drumming would have worked on like Ch- like Cheshire Cat and Buddha and Dude Ranch? Like, do you think his drumming would have actually worked on those albums? It's possible. It all just kind of depends on what they would have done because at that point, for all we know, they could have been completely different records because when they got tra- uh, when they got Travis, they used like like Zach just said. They used them as like an additional songwriting tool because they would ask him, like, "Yo, like, what would you do here?" And they actually gave him an option, or he's like, "Am I just gonna play this, or can I do something different?" And they were like, "Uh, do whatever you think is cool." And so, like, the word like it would be a completely different record. And I'm and I, I still love those records. I'm not gonna bag on those records by any means. You better it's not. Just, no, no, no. I love Buddha. I love <laughs> I love Buddha. Like Buddha, I think is one of their better records. Like if you look at all of them. How do you I think feel Buddha's about Fly Swatter? Swatter bro. Yeah, yeah, I just said that. How do you feel about bro. Swatter, motherfucker? And, uh, yeah, Swatter like, honestly sounds like ass. My unpopular opinion is that yeah. Fly Swatter is their best album. <laughs> Lols, because it sounds like ass. But like, uh, like realistically, like I remember when I heard, like when I started really getting into Blink the the one thing was the biggest change for me was the drumming 
and I realized that like it felt like uh, Scott just played the same general beat in every song, and I felt nothing for it. Like it just was like, okay, that's Scott, no big deal. He was an afterthought. Musically, like, never... he's kind of like Mark and Tom in that way, where like they kind of yeah. do one thing in a song, and they kind of keep to that one thing. They don't really venture yeah. out much. They all kind of play in the in the pocket, basically. Oh yeah, and like Travis is way the too opposite good of that. He's way too good to just be in Blink in general. He shouldn't be in that band. No <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. No, I'm not. I thought about this for years. But the He's formula works be because you have you have yeah. two mediocre musicians and one like like one of the greatest drummers in the genre. And the yeah. other two are just mediocre like one plays root notes on the ba- and I love these guys, but like one basically yeah. plays root notes and the other just plays a lot of power chords and arpeggiates yeah, power they're, chords. They are literally my favorite band of all time. But like even with that, I can say they're shit not about camp. Them they're not, not. You can sit there with a guitar and learn all their songs in about like you can play along with them and learn an entire album in about thirty fucking minutes. But dude, the cur- honestly, I don't even know all the correct ways of how to voice the playing of like the guitar parts in Blink One Two songs like they're more complex than you think like you can I feel like, like a there's G-Bass a few of that. them though like I feel like what's my age again maybe like Eminem like there are a few weird ones like, that pop out but I feel most of the time they're not that like no dude they're all weird if you look more into them dude do you know give me one good reason is drop D but with a capo on the second fret no, like, that's weird shit. You know what? That makes weird. sense because I've tried playing along to bass and it's not. Oh, no. oh yeah, because no, it's not a drop D. It always sounds a little it's off. It's an E, right? It's an dude. So yeah, oh, maybe it like, is an I'm, e. I'm not. I don't know. It I'm always sounds weird keys, when I play but... bass to it. It sounds a little odd. Yeah, dude. And take or uh, time to break up's a drop tune song. I don't think people really? know that. Well, yeah, you know, like, you know, they demoed Enema of the State in fucking drop tuning. Half step down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard Mutt half step down like live. I know there's a video floating around out there that they were playing it like half step down and like slower. Those demos did not sound very good. Like Jerry Finn really helped shape that album because those demos are really rough around the edges. They are not the classic songs that we know. Like Dyson Terry Gary is like my favorite Blink song, and that demo is fucking bad. Yeah, I I would agree. I've heard some stuff. I heard that there was actually some Scott Rayner anima demos. Yeah, he he did. There's a Mutt. Well, there's there's a one of Mutt playing. I think that might be the only one. But, yeah, he played Mutt. I, I'll have to find that one again because I actually remember kind of liking that. So another one I have to kind of kind of moving it along and kind of staying with Blink. I don't know if you guys have uh, like oh, more. Oh, I do have a Blink one. I have a. I, I do too. Okay, so that will be our next one. So we'll keep doing we'll Blink. The Blink. So I so yeah, this one I'm goes goes kind of with Scott Rayner. So we're at the point now in Blink. It's Travis. It's Mark. It's Matt. I do not – I've made it very clear. I have not liked the Matt Skiba era of Blink. And in my opinion, it would be better now to break up Blink and get plus 44 back together. In my opinion, that's the better move. I would rather see them break that band up, 
do plus 44. And if they want to do a couple fucking blink covers in the set, fuck, do 30% blink covers. Do like a couple plus 44 songs and do a couple blink songs, a couple. But like, I just think that's the better thing. Like, they dumb themselves down. The music's just not good. Mark doesn't get to progress as a songwriter, musician. Like, if he goes back to plus 44, he can continue to explore in songwriting and not do this whatever stupid shit he's uh, been writing lately. So Tom's going to come back to Blank, though, pretty soon. If that happens, then... Dude, he's broke. He just sold his entire catalog. I actually, like... Just, like, he's so publicly broke, I am, like... They got divorced, probably that. Dude, yeah, that, too. He's not Blink. Dude, I am literally working his, like, financial, like deficit into like my cover letter that i'm going to be sending to a company he's associated (laughs) with trying to get a job like literally that's how publicly bad it is he's going to be back in blink within five years fuck uh yeah we'll all wait i can't wait you guys no no fuck that it's going to be the blink 180 cruise and it's going to be we're going to go see them on a fucking cruise ship they're going to play Enema of the State front to back every night. We're all going to try to forget that we're old and fucking irrelevant. I wanted well, to, it, like, uh, I wanted to, this is the last thing I wanted to say uh, on this. Uh, I was talking to my coworker about this, and if Tom came back, this is, like, a really cool way that I would wish that they would do it. Um, would they kick Matt Skeeb out? I wouldn't want them to. I would want them to, and this is so far-fetched and wild and like Anthony's honestly going to love it. Kyle, you'll probably hate it. But uh, I would like it if they brought back all the incarnations of Blink-182. Like they have a, like a small set with Scott and like the set with Travis playing the songs and then have a set with Matt Ski. But dude, Tom DeLonge would fucking love a break. Honestly. Can I say so something? <laughs> That's yeah. a, that's cool for like a one-off. That's like a legacy Dude, thing the, to do yeah, like that every now would be and then. I wouldn't even do that as a tour though, dude. I would do that as like, not even as a one-time only, but it's like, it's a thing that happens maybe once every couple years kind of thing. No, the, the way you do it is simple. When they get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Something like that. Yeah, something that's, that's like it. that. Like like that's Green it. Day when they did. I know they have less incarnations, but like when Green Day did their set as Sweet Children with their original drummer for a while, and then Trey Cool got on stage, and then they did Green yep, Day songs. That was cool. Yeah, like shit like that. Or actually, a cool I would one. Want that. Hit the Lights did a cool tour where both singers were there, and they mm-hmm. would take turns yeah, singing did. the song. It was a really cool fucking show, and uh, they both. I'm took, pretty sure they Dance Gavin Dance does that too. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I think uh, you're right because they had two different I don't singers. even like that band, but I think that Dance Gavin Dance does that too. No, I, I think you are right. I forgot. I've never, I can't even name a Dance Gavin Dance song, but for some reason I think I know I know that about them, and I think you're right. And, I mean, some you got to think Sum 41, they kept Tom Thacker around. Yeah, they Thatcher kept him. Around. Really, my, they, my, yeah. my unpopular opinion, I think they should bring Matt back, keep – I mean, bring Tom back, keep Matt, but they only play Alkaline Trio songs. They don't even play Blink songs anymore. Yeah, they're still called Blink One Eighty Two, but they only cover they only cover Alkaline Trio songs. And they actually move Matt over to bass, and he doesn't sing at all on them. 
This is terrible. This is terrible booking. <laughs> Mark, Mark and Tom sing all the songs and play guitar, and Matt just plays bass on them. They're all Alkaline I, I probably, Trio songs, though. When it comes to Blink, I probably have the worst controversial t- opinion. Get into it. Let's Rather let's keep that. it moving. Blink is entirely the same without Tom. You think it's the same? I feel no difference. Yes, I love Tom. He's morphed me and my entire life. Like he morphed you. I'm, yes, that sounds weird. What do you, how he did he morph you? What did he do to you? He was my, <laughs> idol. Like, he was my non-friend. Non, he was my celebrity idol. Dude, so, I have so like, I have the posters and the guitars still. He is a hero. Yeah. He's a hero of all of ours. So, like, he, we love Tom along here. He's my hero. I love him. Like I've done podcasts about him now at this point. <laughs> um, but I don't feel any different with him being out of the band. You're fucking now nuts. I know I'm nuts. This is why it's a bad opinion, and I love it. Oh yeah, you're I right. That's true. People. That's Joser yeah, shit, dude. But you know I what? It's not because you, you know what people. though. You're saying it out loud, so at least you're owning it up and you're just being honest. You're like, this is how I feel. So I respect yeah, that. I respect that. Yeah. Like, I love everything that this band's done. And I'm not even saying that as like, a, like I'm a purist. I, I need Blink no matter what in my life. There's iterations of this band that hit me at certain points in my life, depending on the way I'm feeling at that moment or what's going on, that That's no matter what. No matter what, whether it's, you know, California with Matt Skiba or, you know, Buddha or if if it's dogs eating dogs, like the last like great incarnation of Blink, I, I can feel great feelings about no matter what they do. So the fact that I'm still continuing to feel good with Matt Skiba is totally fine. Blink-182 is still Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker. One band, one member does not make an entire band in this case, in my opinion. There's still two core members. Yes, like you kind of brought up like Sam Hagar when he was with Van Halen. That guy's a piece of shit. That band, but they still had Eddie that still helped that band. No, those songs still became shit, even with Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing. But but Eddie was still like, you know, some people would still be like, you know what? Yeah, you know, the band's gone to shit, but at least Eddie's still around. For me, it was like, you know what? Tom's gone, Matt's in, but you know what? After Neighborhoods, I started liking Mark's songs way more than Tom's. Yeah, I know. That's a shitty opinion. You think think Dogs Eating Dogs is better than uh, when I was young? Because it's a rhetorical question, because I know it's not true. No, I'm talking about just the record, Dogs Eating Dogs. Dogs Eating Dogs is uh, actually... I actually believe that today is the anniversary of it, and I think it must think be like, the eight eight years. It was like yesterday or two days ago. Yesterday or something, but yeah, dude. Uh, I believe that Dogs Eating Dogs had color, and Neighborhoods was a dark, bleak album, and for reasons, uh, you know. But yeah, we kind of got we got into it on the uh, on the uh, top five Blink songs. Definitely, yeah. uh, but Blink is a colorful band, like. I, I don't want to, I, when I want to listen to bleak shit, I'll put on like Stufan Stevens or something, you know, I'll listen to some bleak shit, like, uh, like just dark stuff. But when I listen to blink, it's like my go-to cut. Like I, I like 
if you could like hear colors like it, it's kind of like blink like that makes you feel happy it's like summertime dude like enema is like every time like it becomes spring and uh like the snow melts and you can finally just wear t-shirts outside enema's the first album i turn on my stereo roll down my car windows and blast loud as fuck oh yeah every year it's just every year like it's just like a thing and it's like it's not like blink is not a band i go to and like i want to feel sad about myself <laughs> i want to loathe and self-pity like blink's like fuck you and fuck your mom oh wait i already did like you know it's kind of that vibe it's not like I want to feel sorry for myself vibe. That's more like go yeah. listen to some like dashboard. No, I get what you're saying. I, I, I actually, that probably is a big reason why a lot of people don't like neighborhoods. Cause it is true. It is kind of bleak at times. Oh, very like literally after listening to neighborhoods, that was my first record where I like outspokenly said, uh, this isn't that great of a blank record, but Mark is really good on it. Mark is better than Tom on that record. And then, He's good at bleak that, shit. and then as I got more, like, as I started listening more and more and more and just thinking about it, I like Mark's songs more abundantly than Tom's, even though Tom was like the reason why I even became who I am. It's just, I matured and I got older and like the way Mark's lyrics were like, as they like went through time, I started to relate more than I would Tom's songs from like middle school and on. After that, it was just all like I felt good listening to Mark songs being like, yeah, you know, this is better than, you know, whatever, you know, Tom's writing, especially during like the neighborhoods era when it was like an extension of ABA where nothing really made sense. But kind of going back to, to what I was talking about with, uh, why I just wish that, that they would break up and you'd go back to plus 44 because, whether or not people like neighborhoods or you guys or anyone else just in general, whether or not people like it, it may not be the best of them, but that is authentic. That was Blink-182 in 2011. Whether you liked it or not, that was that band in that era. That's true. Whereas with California and everything they've done with Matt, it feels so fucking forced that that doesn't seem like what they want to be writing. Like a song like Sober doesn't seem yeah, like what dude, Mark Hoppus like that doesn't sound like a song that Mark Hoppus would want to write in his 40s like you know what I mean like if he did plus 44 you're not contained to this try to keep rewriting like pop punk singles like you know what I mean like so that's my whole thing I'm like if Tom came back I wouldn't say that I'd say fine keep going with it but that's my whole thing is people can shit on neighborhoods and even dogs eating dogs but that was them authentically doing what they wanted to do in that era. You may like it, you may not like it, but it wasn't them trying to force the sound. If they would have went in and tried to write Emma of the State Part 2, that would have been forcing a sound. That would have been a fucking... You mean California? 100%. That's what I'm saying. So just kind of going back to you know what I was talking about. But moving on, I mean, we, we've... Uh, I feel like we have so much more to get to in here, but I mean, Zach... You had one, right? We haven't gotten to yours yet. You're an unpopular blink opinion. So I think, uh, and I'll, I'll first preface this. I once watched an interview where Mark Hoppus said that um, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was like finished. And the producer, obviously Jerry Finn, was like, 
you need two really good like summary feel good songs like the label just, like, did um, yeah the label was like you need some like you need some singles like there's no singles on this and that night mark hoppus wrote the rock show and tom DeLong wrote first date mm-hmm. like two the like arguably the two biggest Right, like the biggest push songs on that album, and not just that, they both and, wrote them in like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, they were like so both my, those songs were crafted in less than a fucking half hour. So, imagine not now, uh, getting into my point. Imagine take off your pants and jacket without the rock show or first date, like pull those songs out of the track listing. And then imagine the track listing without those two songs. I can because I your... skip them every time I listen to that album. Okay. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is like a post-hardcore emo-influenced album more than it is a pop-punk album. You know, it is interesting. I can kind of hear that and I see where you're going. And it, it's interesting going with, uh, with uh, me and Kyle when we were talking about Boxcar Racer and like Blink Before and After. But you are right. Like, really, if you take those out, it is a heavier, kind of darker. Really, I mean, you know, it's funny because, and also going back to another episode, how we talked about how Insomniac was a darker version of Dookie. Take off your pants and jackets, kind of a darker version of Enema. Like, if you look at it, it's like, it's still that kind of poppy side of the pop punk, but it's kind of a darker, you know, kind of darker thing, darker subjects you know, like, like totally uh, kind of a more grown up version of it. And you're right. It is. It's a kind of a different album. If you remove those two songs, we even Just talked those to, two songs. We even thought about that though on boxcar racer. I'm like, I think you could totally remove there is, and maybe even I feel so. Cause I'm like, those are good songs and, but they're just not, you could take those out if you're trying to have a dark album. And it's kind of the same yeah. thing with those. It's like, they're singles. Like they're not, they're not, and I'm not shitting on them, but I'm like, yeah, you could, you could take them out. And I think you'd still have a great, a great record, but it does change the but mood. I, I think that without those two songs, it's like a, a completely different record, and I think that's what they were going for. It also would like have been record. like Insomniac and not sold very well if they wouldn't have had those songs. Yeah. It would have been a darker it album like Insomniac, and it would have sold just like Insomniac, basically. Yeah, I. I I imagine so, yeah. but that was my point. Just like, cause you know, give me good, good one. Give me one good reason. Like we were talking about the tuning of that song. It's a weird song in general. And like stay together for the kids is obviously like a darker song. And, uh, I was also, uh, listening to another interview where Tom was like, he really tried to experiment with clean tones on uh take off your pants and jacket specifically like i know there's some clean tones on enema but there's like substantially more clean guitar tones no there definitely take is off your pants and jacket there 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 is and i think he also brought it over surprisingly on parts of boxcar racer though actually oh, not yeah, even surprisingly because kyle you brought up all the all the acoustic guitar on that album when we were when we yeah. were analyzing it, so, so I mean, much. so yeah, like he really did kind of after that, he did kind of continue down that route of uh, you know cleaner guitars and uh, yeah. all that. But moving kind of kind of moving shit along, 
Um, kind of in that, but going in a different realm, I want to talk about Alkaline Trio for a second. I feel like this is one that we all have opinions on. And I don't know, because I almost think this is your favorite album, Zach. I'm not entirely sure, but I think you've told me this is your favorite Alkaline Trio record. But their most overrated record is 100% Good Morning. I would say (laughs) half half of that record I like, and the other half I'm just like, whatever and i don't even mean like side a and side b i'm just like there's probably five or six songs like this could be love is a good album opener like there's a couple good songs on there but like people people talk about it really the greatness of it if i gotta be honest probably probably this could be love and then the ending um fucking uh blue Blue in in the the face face. yeah so like the opener and the closer like the highlights like everything in between (laughs) is just kind of like whatever to me Including well, coming, first, off, uh, coming off of uh, From Here to Infirmary, which I think is their best record. Like, coming off of that into that, I'm like, I don't – it was a style change that – and I don't I don't hate Alkaline Trio, but the direction they went after that is not the direction I would have chose. And I actually think they got a little better on the last few albums. They went a little more back kind of towards a pop punk band, but they were kind of going towards this weird – they were still a punk band, pop punk band, but they're also trying to do a commercial kind of pop rock, also kind of gothic. Like they're doing a couple different things, and that's also where Matt kind of started singing fucking weird for some reason. Like, like I don't know that record. There's a couple okay moments, but I realize it's a lot of people's favorite Alkaline Trio record, and I don't understand that one fucking bit. Uh, well, we had enough was my first like alkaline trio song i got it off limewire nice. r.i.p limewire um but like i just was like blown away by that song i was like turn the fucking radio off and i was like as like 12 years old i was like amazing oh yeah brother <laughs> <laughs> but uh dude there, there's just so many good like songs on it. i'm like emma and like dude my mom like hates punk music to be honest but like she likes the song every thug needs a lady because i was listening to good morning and she was like i like this one and i was like yeah it's a good song see that Uh, album's an example though too of because that's not a bad song but it's very pop rock like it's not an alkaline like it's not what i want to hear from alkaline true is kind of what i'm saying like i don't even know that they're shitty shitty songs I'm just like, this isn't the side of Alkaline Trio I want. Like, Every Thug Needs a Lady isn't bad. It's just very poppy and just not. I'd rather, well, that, all like, I'd rather that be on a it, side project kind of thing. I don't know. I think it's a great song, and that, that might be like my favorite song on the album. And that it's actually probably my favorite dance song. And here's an unpopular opinion, probably. I think Dan writes better songs than that. No, I don't agree. Yeah, yeah. well, this is the Here's what I'll say. Episode. Can I say something I will say on that, though, is I think Matt has more misses than Dan. And what I mean by that is I like Matt better as a lyricist, but there's more cringy Matt songs than there are Dan songs. I will say that. Because not every Matt song is beautiful. Like, not every Matt song I think is great. Some of the lyrics are cheesy. But most, but nine times out of ten, I like I like Matt songs more. 
Yeah. I I mean, I love, like, I mean, I love, like, all of Matt's songs. But I don't know, just, like, Every Thug Needs a Lady is, like, a really good song. And, like, that new EP that they just put out this year. I really like that. Two, dude, I really liked it, too. Two dance songs and one Matt song. Well, no, on there and there, he stole it with fucking Smokestack. That's a that's one of Dan's best fucking songs. What, what are you talking about? They put what they do? Smokestack, the song off of it. Oh, so that was an existing song that Dan had already written or something? What are you talking about? It's a song on the EP. No, I know, but like... I, I know. What are you talking about, Smokestack? Like I'm saying that's a really good dance song. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> Jesus I Christ. I was like so confused. I was yeah, like, I can tell. Fuck. Yeah, you both are confusing me. I'm like, now, Kyle, Kyle, we're like that's leaving what... We're leaving you out of this fucking Alkaline Trio jerk-off fest. Get on in here. Fucking, what, I... do you, what do you think of Good Morning? Like, I know, I know you're an Alkaline Trio fan. Actually... Yes. You you you're kind of a Chicago boy technically, so I feel like you probably have an opinion on these kinds of things. Like, how do you feel about that record? Uh, I like it. I was really worried you were going to say that from here to Infirmary was overrated, and I was going to like. No, that's their best fucking stop. one. That's their best fucking record. My, I was worried you were going to go that route because we're thinking controversial opinions here. So I was like, oh no, he's going to say my favorite. But no, Good Morning, I like it. It's a good album. It's got one of my favorite songs just in their discography in uh, fatally yours. That's yeah. not a bad, like none of the songs you guys have mentioned, like those are all basically the good songs, but it's still like a 12 song album and you've named like six of them. And like the other six are kind of forgettable. Yeah. I mean, but like, I, I'm not too concerned about like every song on like a record being a banger. Like, it's very rare that you find an album where every song is just like, it should be a hit. This song should be a hit. This should be a hit. I so guess I wanted too... them to just be more straight up punk on the next, re- next record like they did on From Here to Firmary. Because, like, it's a pop well, punk record, but it's also kind of a punk rock record. And I wish they would have kind of continued in that direction. I would just have to assume that, like, because of, like, uh, because of how they, uh, I mean, in my opinion, they got most of their fame from from here to infirmary so the next album was probably going to be an attempt to try to appeal to some of that like popularity yeah and we just didn't hit as well as they maybe they thought um but i i still i still go back and listen to this album pretty frequently and just yeah i mean i don't love it but i like it a lot to me this is a trilogy of them trying to quote unquote make it this um uh crimson and agony and irony are kind of like the three albums where i think they were trying to really have hit singles and have music videos and really try to make it as a band and obviously like on crimson they got even more rockish you know it's more of a rock record and pop rock than even on a good morning but, like, those are, like, the three records where I really think they did. They tried working with big producers, did more of, like, a big rock sound and shit. And, like, there's yeah. good songs on them. Like, Mercy Me is one of their best singles. And, like, on like all three of those albums have good songs throughout, but they're not good front to back. From here to Infirmary, you can listen to front to back. It's great the whole time. Whereas the next three albums, I'm like, I can take or leave half the songs. 
And then this gotcha. addiction, I, you know, and to be fair, this addiction about about I guess the same because half those songs haven't aged well, but there's still some really good songs on. I still like more when they went that direction again, like with this addiction and my shame is true. Like I've liked what they've done, and honestly, actually, is this thing cursed? Is one of their best albums in years, I would actually say. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, actually that there, there's songs on there where I and that's what I mean with Blink. I'm like, dude, Matt can still write good songs. It's not like the it's not like Mar, like Mark Mark and Matt are uh, incapable of still writing good songs. They both can. They just can't do it in Blink. Like Matt just shouldn't be writing songs for Blink. He should be writing them for Alkaline Trio. Fucking Demon in Division is like I'm fucking. I still listen. I go, holy shit, like. This is a great song. Um, but, I mean, like, most of that album, really, I think mo- almost every song on that album is good. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Any other uh, opinions or shitty things to say about Alkaline Trio? <laughs> no shitty things to say about Trio. And that is the end of our first half of uh, shitty musical opinions here with, as always, my buddy uh, Kyle Steven and uh, Zach Gorsheski, who very happy to have him back on. He's been on here a few times, but it has been a little while. And uh, Kyle, you know and love. I mean, he he is now, I mean, like you heard me say, a reoccurring guest. This dude is on uh, is on quite a bit now, and I, I can't be happier. I, uh, I love Kyle and uh, Zach as well. And uh, specifically Kyle, though, I mean, we've been kind of like on online buddies for years, but uh, really starting to do this podcast and having him on, uh, really like the first time us really talking on the phone and stuff. And it's hilarious because we do these episodes and they go so long that like, even though we've only like we've talked online and stuff for years, but like talking on the phone, even though we've only done it for like a year now, there's like documented I mean, there's legit probably 15 hours of me and Kyle uh, talking here on this podcast. So, like, you basically, besides besides the chatter before and after these, uh, you hear just about, like, every conversation we've ever had on the phone. And uh, this is going to be the end of part one because, you know, I could not have either of these dudes on and it not run four hours. It's just impossible because uh, – and, and the reason I like doing these episodes is because they're legitimately friends – so it's like, you know, it's kind of three friends bullshitting about music and this one in particular. And uh, and again, all credit to this episode. If you enjoyed listening to this, uh, goes to Kyle, who's a, whose original thought was uh, unpopular punk rock opinions. And, uh, you know, kind of getting a little more broad there and, uh, you know, kind of going just music in general. But, uh, yeah, that is the end of this one. We will have a second half of this released next week. And uh, I do know Zach. I will throw it out there. He is uh, his man Kickstart. They did uh, do a special re-release for the fifth anniversary of their uh, EP, Subdue, and uh, that's on their Bandcamp page, uh, kickstart.bandcamp.com. And uh, I know there's some other stuff. He plugs it at the end of this episode, but you're not going to hear that till next week. But uh, if you want to check out some music from Zach, I'll uh, throw that out there. Go check out Kickstart. And uh, as always, go check out Power Chord Hour online, at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're on Spotify. Uh, put up playlists of what I play on the radio show every week. And a new radio show uh, every Friday night from 10 Eastern to midnight on 107.9 WRFA right here in Jamestown, New York, where I'm recording this right now in the WRFA studios. And uh, you can listen to that from anywhere, though. Listen, uh, and that's kind of what I, that's what I try to get out there. You know, if you listen to the show, 
listen to the radio show. You can, I don't care where you're at. If you have an internet connection, which if you're listening to this, uh, I'm pretty sure you do. Uh, you can go check it out. WRFA, WRFALP.com. Go on there and, uh, there's a big old streaming button and you can stream the station there and, uh, you know, listen to all the other rad shows too, but new episodes every Friday night, new episodes of this, this show right here. Every Monday we'll have a second half of this for you next Monday. And, uh, also hit me up powercordhour at gmail.com got powercordhour stickers to give out and if you go rate and review the show on itunes send me a screenshot and i'll send you a powercordhour t-shirt absolutely free and uh, yeah so that is this half check back next week for the other half and for the powercordhour i'm anthony merchant thanks for listening